Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello everybody, it is Tuesday, January the 13th, 2015, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Steve Say. Hello! And Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. Welcome to the very first new Talking Comics of 2015. And following the grand tradition of 2014, Stephanie is not here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stephanie... We got called away at work at the last minute. Uh, she sent in her votes, so we have her votes here. Um, and, of course, she'll be here next week to um, deride us for all of our choices. Say, yeah, disparaging um, comments galore. What yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but this is the third annual Talking Comics Awards, uh, the 2014 edition. Um we are going to be broadcasting this live. Well, we are broadcasting this live right now on, uh, um, via YouTube. <laughs> um, so, Is that you what's got, going on? Yeah, to everybody who's watching along, um, welcome. And, and thank you so much for joining us. Um, of course, we're putting this up as a regular podcast as well tomorrow, normal time. So if you guys are watching and have to leave or whatever, you don't worry. This is not the only time you're going to get to see it. Uh, it'll be out as a regular podcast um, in, in, uh, in, in its normal form tomorrow. If people are watching and we look a lot of focus, the camera that I got for this purpose apparently does not focus so well for, for, at any distance. So it's more for close distances. So I'm very sorry. We know about the problem. Um, for, for for future live streams, we'll be able to to make that a little better. See here, I thought you were the old the old movie trick where you're putting like gauze on the lens so I don't look quite so old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I was doing it so that you know we we all looked younger. That's why I, I did it. Um, so yeah, so, you know, we, we we have, um, you guys can comment along if you guys want and, uh, we will try to answer your questions if we can. Uh, so if you guys are, are not listening or you guys have listened to this for the first time, the way that we work this is we're going to spend the first half of the show kind of debating, uh, we're going to go over the nominees and we're going to give kind of our last uh, last arguments, our closing arguments, to see if we can change anybody's mind or sway anybody's mind uh, mm. on their votes. Mm. We will then take a break, and we will then in the break we will vote for for our winners. Um, we would do it for you guys on air, but it's the most boring thing in the entire world. We just literally tabulate <laughs> numbers. Uh, so we might keep the live stream going and just like, maybe talk over it as Bob, Bob will calculate for us. Bob is our uh, our trusted our trusted counter. Yeah, um, I did bring a number two pencil that is now broken. This will go <laughs> we can have story time. Yeah. We can have story. T- I exactly. like that exactly. Stephen, I can talk. About did on our break while, while Bob does it, but this yeah. is thing. Yeah. And so we'll do that. And what we do is we do it in reverse. We, we, we do a weighted voting system. So you guys listen to these three, um, listen to these three, uh, shows that we did. And we talk about it in a very unscientific terms about what we think should be nominated. Uh, you know, we do have some voting system, but not, not too much. The, when it comes down to the degree, things can always change. 
this, because we've already spent all the time talking and going over all the points, we don't want to keep repeating stuff for the, for the winners. So we do a weighted voting system. So we have five nominees for each category, and we will vote. Uh, we will give actual points to each one. So the first place vote gets five points. Second place gets four points. Third place gets three points. Fourth place gets two points. Fifth place gets one point. Right. For uh, you sports fans, it's the MVP voting. Exactly. Yeah. A- and so we do that because we want this to be an amalgamation of all of our opinions about things. And this way, you know, something that gets, you know, the uh, a few first place votes might not win if it gets all second place That's votes. Right. Um, a- and so it, it reflects more the general, you know, Everyone, everyone feels about everything because mm-hmm. instead of getting a number five and a number one, if it gets all kind of high to middle, it has more chance of winning because we all have very good feelings about it. Um, so yeah, so that's what that's how this goes, and we will uh, we will endeavor to make it as entertaining as possible as <laughs> usual. Uh, but I, I want to say um, it, it, thank you everybody who listened um, over these past few few weeks to, yeah. to the best of shows thank you everybody everybody who, everybody who interacted with us everybody who voted uh voting is still open um we're gonna close it yeah. at the at the uh the break so uh, you know the polls might technically still be open after the break but if you vote after we've looked at all the votes it's not gonna count so <laughs> uh, there were some very very close races when i was looking at the 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 votes um over these past couple weeks so we'll see um what, what comes of that stuff so and there's a lot of write-ins we'll get to read out as well. So we'll go over that in the break as well. So, See, I tried to stay away just so as not to be influenced. Yeah, well, I was just looking at, uh, there was, the cover one was like, I think it was exactly tied. Was it really? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> like down to the 10th of a per- 100th of a percentile. Wow. It was tied. So we'll have to see what happened with that. But before we dive right into the awards <sighs> and go over our debates, um, how is everybody's... Well, four weeks. That, this is like, yeah, it's been a long time. This will be the. This will be four weeks today. That last time we recorded a podcast, and we recorded those three podcasts you listened to like six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels different than other years. It feels longer. It was definitely this week between the the last show we put up part three and now felt like a very long time. Yeah. Um, how was everybody's nice. Christmas? Awesome. Well, who wants to go first? Steve, how was your Christmas? I had a really big Christmas this year. Uh, this was my first Christmas away from the United States and away from my family. Uh, went to go hang out with my girlfriend in Canada with her family, and it was spectacular. Um, I got lots of really cool stuff. Uh, we did a lot of traveling, did a lot of drinking, a lot <laughs> of uh, playing Diablo, making new characters and stuff. And we saw the new Lord of the Rings, the new Hobbit movie. Uh, watched a couple of other really cool things, but overall just, you know, it was really cool for me because I got to go somewhere else and be somewhere and celebrating with completely different people and still feeling like a part of the family and kind of like, you know, cementing myself in there. And just the more I go out there, the more experiences you share with a new family, Mm -hmm. you're more accepted into it. And then, you know, you're made to feel more special and stuff like that. Um, did a couple of cool comic book things, played a lot of, uh, video games and then went to an eighties, uh, new year's Eve party dressed like Spider-Man. My girlfriend was Mary Jane. Um, that suit was snug. (laughs) It was snug. And after about 15 minutes of caring a lot, I didn't care anymore at all. (laughs) And, um, but it was a good time. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot of stuff. It was anniversary. It was birthday stuff. It was all kinds of crazy things. And, uh, I loved it. I really did. I had a good time. I missed everybody back home, but at the same time, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Sounds like a good, uh, new year's. It was fantastic. Yeah. 
and you get a really good holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, our, our phones are lighting up with yeah, interactions. I'm watching, I'm watching the corner of my eye right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, that's awesome. Bob, how was, how was your holidays? Pretty quiet. Generally, I make the rounds a little bit. Find families to go, you know, swipe food off of and <laughs> buy some time before you got to do real life stuff here and there. Uh, your birthday was during our break, too, it was. Bobby. So, it happy was. birthday to Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy birthday, Bobby. Thank you very much. Had a, had some fun over here certainly. We did. We had some fun. We um we played uh we played some of the Jackbox Party Pack. Oh, you got that? Yeah, that was oh, amazing. I'm so jealous. It was so much fun. Bob even played. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get, turn this into another podcast, yeah. but how many controllers do you need a controller per person? No, you need you, you don't need any controllers. It's all phones Phone. and iPads what? and computers. Yeah. yeah, that's how you interact with it. Weird. Yeah, you just go into a you go to their website, you sign into their they give you a room code, you go into a room code, and that's it. We had what, like twelve people playing at one yeah. time, and it's trivia. It's, well, there's there's like five games. There's a trivia game. There's there's the you don't know Jack. Okay. Then there's Fibbage, which is like Balderdash type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Drawful, which is sort of like Pictionary. Oh um, wow. There's a Lie Swatter, which is a simple like true or false game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's really really cool. It's an awesome. It's awesome because anybody <laughs> can play it, and, yep. and everybody. It's just people are laughing. It's it was great. Yeah. I want to ask more questions, but I don't want to derail. We'll us. talk yeah. about it on the games <laughs> yes. podcast. All right. Cool. <laughs> But definitely a goodie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my New Year, my Christmas was awesome. Uh, the first split Christmas for me and my wife, uh-huh. uh, which was really cool. Um, it, it actually went really well. And then New Year's was very quiet, just stayed home. And, and uh, Karen and I played some sing star karaoke. <laughs> nice. So that was fun. Would you say, what was the last song that you sang well, in 2014? Even, I, I don't remember what the last song we sang was. It was probably something horrible. <laughs> Because they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of uh, songs on there, so it was it was a lot of like like Carly Rae Jepsen and, and stuff. Oh my God. You know, just got new songs. What? Rock Band Three. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like a Foo Fighters. First track. time in a, in like three years, I think it is. Weird. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the breaks. The breaks for good. Um, but let's uh, let's start going through our, our list. Let's start going through our nominees. Yeah, let's do it. Unlike most talking comics, we're going to be getting right to the point. Um, <laughs> so also, guys, on our Twitter um, at Talking Comics, uh, our our fearless social media man Raphael is doing a uh, live tweet of our awesome. uh, mm-hmm. of our award what? show at. If you want to interact with him or with us on there, at uh, it's at hashtag TC Pod Awards. So, so hit that up, and you'll you'll see it. It's actually right on the screen, or it was. And now it it's was. gone. It's gone already. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll change this thing so it's up there. But let's let's start talking about uh, our let's start talking about our nominees. So uh, let's start with our least controversial topic: <laughs> publisher <laughs> of the year. <laughs> um, all right, so we had uh, Boom Arkea, DC, IDW. Image and Marvel were mm-hmm. our five nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that w- we kind of fought on on our first episode. You guys haven't mm-hmm. listened to it, the, the part one. We had debates about DC, IDW, and and Marvel. Uh, we didn't really talk about Image or Boom because they got on there right away. Right. And part of what we do here is, in addition to kind of the final arguments this is also the time where we can acknowledge what they did so well because we kind of those podcasts we get so in the weeds with those podcasts talking about the stuff that we disagree on so that we agree on we kind of leave sure to to now so that we can we can give the stuff it's due so uh i mean we can start with image obviously um you know when you look at when i look at my list of, of favorite comics of the year 
uh, it is dominated by a lot of image books. Yeah, same. All the ones that, uh, most of the ones that I struggled with whether they're giving my top 10 or not were image books. So it's a no-brainer for me. They're, they just, they continued this year and we're going to talk about Image Expo even though we're already a week late next week. <laughs> uh, in addition to all the other big news that happened when we were gone uh, just so we can give it its due and we're not, and we're not kind of, uh, uh, you know, pushing it in here. But, Image Expo obviously announced a whole new another lineup of stuff um, of of all books that I'm at least going to try a, a number one for, and that's one of the things I think that they do great is that they've turned their name into sort of that's their franchise, right? That's their Spider Man or that's mm-hmm. their X Men or that's their Superman or Justice League. That, that's what Image has done. So when you you see an image book, it's like, I'm going to try this book because it's an image book. And a lot of times it doesn't even matter who the creators are, you know, and, and sometimes it does obviously, cause they're yeah. a big, they're a very creator driven company, but yeah. they, they're, they're getting their brand to a high enough peak. I think where you can just pick up an image book and go like, okay, this is at least going to be interesting. I might not want to read number two, but right. at least what I'm going to get is interesting. And I think that's pretty, a pretty special thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're one of the biggest attractions for me for image is, the diversity of the books and just the different worlds that you visit, different characters that you meet that, you know, with image, you get something, the lineup from image expo, we'll talk about it next show, but it's a lot of new and exciting stuff and it's different stuff. And you want to talk about like artists and stuff like that. Like you say, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't even matter who the writer is, but Mm. because it looks a certain way, you're willing to try it. Like as much as I love Marvel and DC and all of that stuff, like sometimes when different artists come on like i get excited but at the same time they're going to still be drawing the superheroes in their own style Mm -hmm. and it's awesome to see the variations but you're still looking at the same characters when you go to image you have completely new worlds completely new heroes and new people and new world you know i said that already (laughs) so i'm a little nervous with the live stuff but i you know time and time again throughout the year i'm more likely to pick up a new image book and at least give it another uh, a number one before you know certain marvel series that otherwise or dc series or whatever that seem like i would have to know stuff prior to jumping on Mm -hmm. like even like a jumping on point i'm still you can call it that all you want if it's been around for x amount of time like something like uncanny avengers and you're telling me that i can jump in on like issue number 26 i don't really believe you Mm -hmm, right (laughs) so anyway Mm -hmm. uh image is a great great publishing company um i've loved a lot of their books this year and uh, they're definitely high on my list. See, it's interesting. When we started these three years back, I thought Image's problem might have been without the recurring characters, without a reason to show up month after month for a character or a series, that eventually they were going to plateau at a certain point. But it's turned into just the opposite. Just what you're saying, Bobby, it's their brand name denotes a certain quality, a yeah. certain diversity of tone and line. And they have funny stuff, crazy stuff, violent stuff, science fiction, horror, straight crime, spy drama, and you all know it's going to be eminently readable. May not Mm -hmm. be your thing, book to book, right? but you've got a shot at finding one that is yours. And that's to be commended. That's what we want in this industry is that diversity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And as far as Boom and Archaea, they made it onto our list last year, I felt like. Um, They were the fifth, definitely. They were the one that we kind of came to last I think Stephanie brought them up and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we, you know, because I think we were set on, you know, because the year before, I think we had 
um, IDW, Dark Horse, Image, Marvel, and DC. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Boom is the thing that pushed one of those out last year. I believe it pushed IDW out last yeah. year and Dark Horse out this year. And, you know, I, I think that they have made a really great place for themselves, I think, especially with the merger with Arkea. Uh, they've kind of changed their their brand a little bit so that they they have a more all-encompassing mm-hmm. brand for both of them, right? The mm-hmm. Arkea now has a, a chance to get to more people um, and, and to be in the hands of more people. And Boom now has an arm that's much more daring, you know, much more out there, much more indie. Not that Boom doesn't already do stuff like that, but Arkea is known for kind of their beautiful presentation and all of these kind of things. And they brought that to, to Boom, I think, in, in a big way. And it really filled out their line. Mm-hmm. Something like Butterfly from Marguerite Bennett, right. who we're going to talk a little bit later, obviously. Uh, I think that's great. And obviously, you know, stuff like Lumberjanes has been wonderful. Um, they've done a lot of great stuff this year. And I think they deserve to be recognized. I think that they, they're serving, obviously, a part of the audience that... Um, was underserved for a long time in, in, in kids. I mean, I, I look at something like Squirrel Girl, which was just released for Marvel, yes. okay. and there's no way that book exists if Boom hasn't been doing what it's doing right. for the last few years. Right. That's that's a direct, I think, a direct reaction to, to that book, mm-hmm. to those those line of books. And I think that's great. I mean, you know, I, I think when, when that stuff starts filtering out to other companies, it it's not a loss for Boom and Arkea. It's a win for the industry because yep. people are starting to realize there's money to be had there. There's there's prestige to be had there. Let's try to get that. Well, they handle, they're also another um, publishing company that handles their licensed properties really well. Yeah. Like all of that animation block stuff that they have with Adventure Time and the Adventures of Gumball and um, Bravest, uh, was, oh God. Bravest Warrior? Bravest Warriors? Bravest, yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, yeah. I don't watch the show, so I probably mm-hmm. forget sometimes. But like all of that stuff is, you know, it's writers from the show, it's artists from the show or people that are like artists that can do that sort of thing. Um, I've been reading The Adventures of Gumball since it started coming out and I'm a big fan of the show. It is seriously like having an episode of the show in your hands for X amount of time that it takes you to read it. Every single issue has been fantastic, and I've laughed my ass mm-hmm. off. And they bring that level of quality to something like that, that it's like a direct transfer from one medium to the other. Yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Really well handled. And all the all the stuff coming in from Arkea, like the Rust series and things like that, now being under that label... Um, they made some really, really big moves this year, and um, yeah, just a really nice showing from them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, absolutely. on that sort of license front, I'll just jump in on IDW a little oh, bit, Yeah, because beyond their great historical stuff that they do, those reprints of those little newspaper strips, whereas the mm-hmm. Wonder Woman they just did, which a lot of people didn't even know there was a Wonder Woman newspaper strip, the Superman, Batman, Sunday, color things, Flash Gordon, all the things they're doing, Flash Gordon, I think they, the Titan did and IDW did, I think. I'm not I may, sure. I may be wrong on yeah. that. So, ooh, so I'm already wrong once in 2015. <laughs> Off to a bad start. But their license stuff, for all we hear for the people who are loving Transformers, or the Star Trek stuff, whether it was Harlan Ellison's, John Burns' photo novels, the continuation of the J.J. Abrams movies, are all very, very well done. And those are gateways to a different audience. The kids' things bring those kids who are watching television. If you can bring adults who are watching TV and movies to mm-hmm. comic books, mm-hmm. that's a win for all of us, too. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like parents have come into to tour comics where we usually go to get our books and they ask, you know, do you have any comics for kids? And it used to be that you'd have to go over to like the dollar racks to find, you know, collections of stuff or maybe the store has a box or a small section. And now it's just it's so much wider that you can actually pick up a couple of books off of the shelf that are that are there and displayed and you can lead them into that. And it's just it's 
it's really cool that they handle that kind of thing and bring that to the table. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that we've kind of set our pieces. I mean, Bob, you're, we don't want to give away who your number one is because we're going to vote, obviously. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's going to take a, a lot to sway me on probably, you know, my, my top my, my top top is set in my mind and it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, for the others, I do probably have a little bit of wiggle room in me. Um, I don't know how highly IDW is on your on your list. Is it really high up there? Is it in the middle? Really high up. Really high up there? <laughs> really high up. I, as someone who loves the history of comics, that this company, when Marvel and DC are for the most part backing away from really deep reprints, the, the, the sticking to the last few years for whatever reason that is, Marvel still does Golden Age Masterworks and puts one out every couple of months. DC does nothing at all. There's a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And that IDW will go to the mat for putting out two giant hardcover volumes of Miss Fury, for goodness sakes. Uh, Again, all these other strips. I think that's to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. He's doing that thing that he does. <laughs> he's trying try to make you change your he's change your votes. Me. I I made all my votes. I got my paper right here, and now he's messing it all up. Bob will do that. Bob will definitely do that. Bob, <laughs> it's the Clarence Darrow of comics. Yeah, that's me. Uh, does anybody else want to say anything about any of the publishers before we move on? I'm good. You're good. Yeah, comics right. shouldn't be five dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. There's a whole other debate. It's only yeah. the first issue. Yeah. Another debate. Don't worry. They're not going to win anyway, so don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to, not to, break anybody, to break anybody's heart, but they're that, not going to win. That's true. <laughs> There'll be a big. It's funny enough, there'll be a, if Marvel wins, there'll be a huge upset, which is a funny yeah, thing to yeah. say about a comic book publisher. Um, all right. So I guess we should talk about. Let's talk about Breakthrough. Well, let's do cover. Let's do cover. Okay. It's a cover stuff to debate, really. I mean, we, we all the images are on the website. Um, most likely the way your Bob has them all in front of him. I have three. Three of them. <laughs> um, it, we, if you go on the website and you look at the Tongue Comics post that you're on right now, the, the award show post, there is embedded all five, obviously, mm-hmm. covers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's tough. I don't know if we're going to be able to... It's, it, this, is one, this is one of the times where the, the weight about system is important, right? Because we're all going to vote for ours. <laughs> For number one. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> so it's really going to be how yeah. we rank the others that ends Absolutely up, that ends right. up, you know, ends up doing it. And we've all seen them. We've all looked at them. So we're going to move on from cover. Um, <laughs> but we can run them down real quick so people know what they are. Electra number six. Gotham Academy, number one. Ms. Marvel, number five. And I want to say it's an Adrian Alfano cover, not a Jamie McKelvey cover. I was wrong when we talked about it okay. on the first show. Just want to make that correction on the air. Uh, X Factor number three and Sex Criminals number one fourth printing. Uh, all right, so let's move on from that. So let's talk about uh, web or digital comic. So our nominees for that are Abominable Charles Christopher, Bandette, High Crimes, Injustice, and Sensation Comics. Mm. Uh, anybody have any arguments they want to weigh here? <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Steve's ready. <laughs> Well, are you, are you gonna you're gonna go in for Sensation Comics? Here's my thing, I I kind of want you to say something for Sensation because I'm rethinking my numbering and I want you to make Sensation Comics higher on my on my list. You'd you'd be correct, sir. I was <laughs> like Johnny Carson on the old Tonight Show. Considering how DC's corporate handlers have decided that Wonder Woman and the Amazons are more product mm-hmm. and brand name than icon and story as we've heard from greg ruck about you know writing a symbol and how you manage to do that and there is a way to do that 
And here now through, I think digitally we're 18 stories in, the way they split them up. Everyone has showcased a different aspect of the classic Wonder Woman persona and message. And that symbolism is important. In an era where we are looking toward better representation of female characters, here's the most important one Mm -hmm. being presented properly to a, a different audience than the print book. And if that gets people thinking about Wonder Woman in the, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the age card, in the proper way, in the way re- demanded by her history, that's eh, a big book. It's an important book. Okay. It worked. <laughs> well, Steve, what are your, uh, what's your, what are you going in for? Mine is uh, Abominable Charles Christopher. Abomin- that that book I um I picked up the books from from Carl uh Kershaw at I guess it was either I think it was NYCC possibly and um yeah it was so Stephanie brought that book to our attention mm-hmm. I believe last year yes yes and I finally got the chance to check it out printed form sitting on the train and it just to say I hate it took my breath away but it kind of did. I, I see you can laugh at me. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I love Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. If you asked me, like, what is your favorite comic strip of all time? It's Calvin and Hobbes, no question. Amen. Something, yeah, something from beginning to end. The places that that went, that that was a something in Newsday. I know everybody has their own newspaper mm-hmm. and stuff, but Newsday is kind of our thing. That was in Newsday. That was the only thing growing up that I looked forward to was. Calvin and Hobbes. But anyway, we're not talking about Calvin and Hobbes. We're talking about <laughs> Abominable Charles Christopher. Sure. I get that same comic strip style vibe from Abominable Charles Christopher. Not only is it absolutely beautiful, but the watercolors are spectacular as well. My mom is now saying, hey, I see you. Um, <laughs> so, I just, like I said, the one time wa- listener, first time call. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> The watercolors, the art is spectacular, but the stories, there, there is this like overarching journey to this abominable Charles Christopher character, and he's this massive hulking abomination that kind of like awkwardly like, like child steps his way through the forest trying not to hurt things but still trying to survive, and he sacrifices his own health and his own safety all the time for others but in the background there's this whole like spiritual journey that he's going on by way of like these almost like totems or things that that come and, and talk to him periodically throughout the story to remind you that among all of this laughter and among all these little things going on between the the relationships of the animals in the forest that there's a much larger story as you're reading and that just blows the scope of a webcomic wide open. And when you read it sequentially like that, you really, really get that whole, you know, journey aspect of the book. And regardless of how much I like the other books that are on this list or the other comics that are on this list, that is something that all encompassing just offers to me the most amount for your reading time. And Mm. I just, I fell in love with it. It's interesting, right? Because I think with the Abominable Charles Christopher and with Sensation Comics, it's we have almost uh, two s- different sides of the same coin. Because Abominable Charles Christopher, which is a beautiful book and, and it's wonderful, it's one of those things that wouldn't have existed if the digital digital web format didn't exist, right? It would not have come to be. I, I, I doubt that 
Carl Carlson would have sold it to a publisher, but he was able to do it himself and create it. And now there's we have this wonderful thing. And Sensation Comics is, you know, one of the biggest com- corporate corp- companies in the world doing a version of one of their characters o- online. However, much in a, in a different way, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that format either yes. because there wouldn't be that other outlet. There wouldn't be, it's lower risk. They're able to do, you know, take a chance on lesser known creators and they can bring about a, a more full-fledged and traditional version of the character that a lot of people want and have been wanting for the past three or three plus years. Um, and now I think probably everybody's wanting now that the Azrael and Jenks is over, you know, it's, you, you kind of lost all of that Wonder Woman-ness. And I think in the DC 52, not to offend anyone who, who likes that book, but, um, <clears throat> I, I, it's very interesting. It's very tough to decide, but I think between those two, because they both, they both do great things and they both bring something that wouldn't otherwise be there. Um, I mean, all the all, all the nominees, nominees are yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, I mean, Bandette is going to end. Up, is is we're going to be talking about it again. It's very very high on a lot of lists, and it's going to be talked about in in the biggest category we have. Um, un- unfortunately, like Stephanie is the one who brought up high crimes. She's not here to to champion it t- yeah. tonight. Um, it's it's a really entertaining book, though. It's it, really great. Um, Injustice again. It's one of those things. It's much like in Sensation Comics in like the opposite way yeah. completely. <laughs> but it 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 wouldn't have existed probably without this digital format. They wouldn't probably wouldn't have put it out. Yeah, and it definitely would. I don't think would have gotten uh the same amount of attention if it had just been put out print wise. Because I think not as many people would have been able to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, who normally don't read comics. Sure. So I think that it, it, they're great nominees. In my brain, just when I when I think about this, it's coming down to between Abominable Josh Christopher and Sensation Comics. Those yeah. are like the two it's coming down to, which is why I highlighted them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, guys, if you guys have not read Abominable Josh Christopher, uh, it's something you definitely should check out. Uh, you can you can get it online, but the print editions are gorgeous. Yeah, they really they're are. really really gorgeous. So make sure you check check those out. Um, yeah, so that's web or digital comic. Uh, breakthrough artist. Let's go to breakthrough artist. So we have uh, Brooke Allen from Lumberjanes, uh, Emily Carroll through the woods, Carl Kershaw we talked about him for the Abominable Charles Christopher, also Gotham Academy, mm-hmm. Robbie Rodriguez who is FBP and he did the Spider Gwen issue, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Cameron Stewart and Babstar, obviously the Batgirl team. Cameron Stewart yeah. also came out after our our discussions but he did the art for that Thunderworld issue of Multiversity yes. which was amazing <laughs> yes it was it's pl- um, amazing um, so yeah so I'll, I'm gonna I'll go first here okay. I'm gonna talk about the one that, that that I am stumping the most for and that's Emily Carroll um, mm. when I read Through the Woods you know I read it because we had Nikki on months and months ago and she spoke about it and then Stephanie read it and spoke about it and then we all started kind of reading it and when I read it I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also a very good writer, and she and I think belonged in the discussion for Breakthrough Writer mm-hmm. as well. But I think that her art and, and specifically the way she brings horror to the table, you know, it's not often you get truly fresh, exciting new voices into a genre. And I think Emily Carroll is that for for the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, when she does her panels and her pages and her layouts. You know, she is just as much uh, just as much about what you don't see as what you do see, and a lot of times, what you don't see is what scares you way more than what you see. Um, you know, her uses of color and also the lack of color when she when she uses that in a very very deft and mature way, uh, and 
on top of that too, on top of just being cool genre stories that have some of them have twists, some of them have big scares, some of them are sad, some of them are weird, but they have characters that you generally you 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 have a connection with at least in some way, even when they're very very short. Hmm. And you know the the opening, the prologue to the book is just a story about this kid reading in their bed, and you know about the monsters existing outside of the light, and they just show you she just draws this one shot of the kid sitting in bed the light and outside the light is just darkness and he's just looking out into the you know into the darkness and in your your imagination fills everything in there mm-hmm. and the storytelling in, in that in to use storytelling in that one pa- that one page that one image to tell so much story i think is really astounding and i, I was blown away by what she managed to do and you know the, this category often has two meanings right it, it, it is both new person that we really love and also person who might have been around for a while but now is making a huge impact um on a larger scale it's one the one award that we really have that's more kind of it has some meta aspect to it more than just the work a lot of the times all the work has to be great for it to be considered so she fall definitely definitely you know falls into that that first category where she's new she, she's new to us and this is really kind of her first published work um but i think that she deserves it 100 percent because i was not i was more impressed by her than anyone else mm-hmm. this year of, of, of people of new people uh, that i saw in the time since our nominations her star has been rising for me nice nice just because the more i think of that book the more highly i think of it <laughs> hmm. nice should i say some words sure. yeah Everyone yeah absolutely some words. yeah um i don't want to give anything away though um, it's okay. It's, it's time to give stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Through the woods. Well, anybody that I, you know what, give it away. Anybody that read the uh, top twenty that I posted on the website will know if you actually read the little things at the bottom. Uh, Through the woods is my favorite book of the year. Uh, it is. It it took me to a place that I never expected to go again, and that's in like that middle school era with the scary stories to tell in the dark, and being you know going to be 34 years old monday and this this artist this writer of this book managed to like knock years off of my life and paralyze me with horror reading this book and it's a lot like what you said in that it's so much of what you don't see that messes you up like i always refer to when we were talking about on the podcast that one shot of the wolf coming after the house and you just see you know the outline of its teeth Mm. and its eyes and just like I immediately start thinking of like Gamork from the never ending story, that wolf that was stuck in the mm-hmm. wall and, and like that terrified me growing up and all of these memories and all of these things came flooding back to me and all these like really, really cool stories I heard growing up started to like enter my mind for like the following couple of days after I had read it. And it's one of those books that I cannot stop going back to in my mind and wanting to read it again and wanting to let people borrow it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, it's a huge; she's a huge talent, and I, I can't wait to see you know what she's up to next because um, that that book is just spectacular. Yeah. Oh, and that the, the first story where they that the kids are disappearing mm-hmm. and yeah. she's oh. walking through the house and she's like are you underneath the bed and like they show the man underneath the bed. Yeah terrifying yeah <laughs> that's that primal fear you, yeah. you wake up in the morning you put your feet down there are snakes under the bed or yes. whether it's oh absolutely you read joe hill's heart-shaped box yes okay yeah. so you know like the old man the way that he mm-hmm. describes the old man like that first time yeah the fact that it's like he's there but he's not there and it it oh it's 
terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, um, Bob, you have anyone uh, you want to shill for? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I've, there's, they're all great. I have, they've all moved around on my list as we've gone. My, all right, go ahead. Go. No. My other, my other huge, we got a special guest. We got a special yeah. guest. My yeah. wife is here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! What she just it? delivered my birthday present, which is oh, yeah? tickets to the Book of Mormon. Get out! Yeah, I'm going. We're going on Thursday. Oh, so tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you should form. try to catch Louis C.K. Man, he opened up a third date. <laughs> We're going to see Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, that's better, but still, <laughs> that's fantastic, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Excited, really, really excited. Um, I just want to say because we we didn't well, we did say a lot of nice stuff, but um, Robbie Rodriguez is another mm-hmm. uh, you know big name for me on this list. If you want somebody that's got like a lot of style and whose artwork is now attached to one of the biggest characters of the year, uh, I just think that he does he deserves a nice nod, um, especially for FBP because that book is just ridiculously cool. Yeah, yeah. super well, look, impressive. Look, across impressive. the board here, we yeah. Gotham Academy, the new Batgirl mm-hmm. has been great. These, yeah. these are all groundbreaking books that have changed the way comics have looked yeah. for the last few years. We've gotten away from some of the darkness and mm-hmm. the overly done, overly rendered into some cartooning that still has heart and emotion and can have horror and humor. Mm-hmm. It's You gotta remember, when you go back to things like the original Captain Marvel, you talked about the Thunderworld that mm-hmm. just came out that so perfectly captured, you know, in Cameron Stewart's work there, what the C.C. Beck Captain Marvel looked like. Yeah. Fun and yet still mm-hmm. action-packed. Mm-hmm. You can do both. And I think... Uh, Mm-hmm. Publishers are discovering that is feasible again. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we spoke about Carl Kershaw obviously when we were talking mm-hmm. about yeah. that. But I, 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 like, we talked, we talked huge things about Gotham Academy yeah. and its three issues, and, it, and it's one of the best looking books out right. there, I think. Yeah, Lumberjane's just so much fun. Yeah, three eyed dragon fish and all <laughs> yeah, sorts there's, of crazy things. If there's an art that suits its world the best, if that was like the category, yeah. that would definitely be super high up on the list. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Let's let's move on then. Breakthrough writer. Uh, we've got our nominees for that category are Marguerite Bennett, Brendan Fletcher, Noel Stevenson, James Tinian the Fourth, and G. Willow Wilson. Uh, Bob, do you have anybody you want to stump for? Yeah, but we should, let's just put it this way: I think we might know where this is going, but we could surprise everyone. Yeah, I mean, look, let's. But we, we, let's just say honestly, for me. I so love what Marguerite Bennett did in so many different places this year that whether that Lois Lane piece, uh, the couple of fill in Batgirl issues she did, the first of the uh, the new Angela. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really, really rangy things going on there, and she's handled all of it very, very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Butterfly, certainly, yeah. in, in the spy genre, too. Gotta, gotta speak up for variety i'm thinking (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's one of those things uh that it's tough because it's like those oscar years right we're like oh man leonardo caprio was great in the aviator but then it's like oh but you know he guy played ray charles like so no one's talking about it you know it's like Uh it's like one of those years where somebody has a really great performance and then daniel day lewis comes around and does a performance and i think that we didn't really talk about her because i think she was on all of our our nominee lists back then but G. Willow Wilson, even though she has discussed before and has worked at both companies mm-hmm. and done very well, I, I think this year has completely blown the doors off, you know, of the industry in a lot of ways. Um, she's 
Well, she's walked. She's helped to blow the doors down a lot of ways. You know, yes. we've had a lot of writers coming in, but the the, the character that she's written um, in Kamala Khan and Ms. Marvel uh, has. I think changed a lot of the way people think about comics and has brought in a, a whole new readership and the way that it's blown up both physically and digitally, you know, the point where like, I'm sure other books have been big digitally, but this is the only one that we've really heard a lot of, they've all been rumors cause they won't release any of the thing, but there's only one that, you know, that even Marvel will even mention that the digital sales have been great on it. And I, I think that it's been amazing. And even, even you said, right, that she's the best, Best, best reviewed writer. Yeah, best reviewed writer. Best reviewed writer by CBR. Yeah. Over, over the course of the year. Yeah. But this is a, a character. I think this is where you were heading. Yeah. I, I bogarted that. Yeah. <laughs> I've read comics a very long time, and f- for the first time in nearly fifty years, I'm reading something that reminds me of what Spider-Man was like when I was reading it when it was Stanley mm-hmm. and Steve Ditko. And we saw. I was at the Nerdist comic panel at NYCC, and Greg Pak said there wouldn't be Storm if there wasn't Ms. Marvel. Right. Hmm. That there are these other books coming out on the back of this, which doesn't influence how great the book is itself or what we think of the writing. That's that's a separate argument, but that is part of the discussion. And it's mm. so groundbreaking and so different and so risk-taking. Right. On Marvel's part and Sam Aminat and the whole bunch, but someone had to put it out there and someone had to do it right and G. Will Wilson killed, just absolutely killed. Yeah. And, you know, it's one... We, there's a lot of discussion about this in the forums too, about kind of uh, you know um, quantity and quality and, and how those things match up. Yeah, and we talked about a little bit on our nomination show as well. But if that one thing that person did was so amazing that it, it overrides the other stuff, mm-hmm. then it goes. There's there's nothing scientific about it. It's not like oh okay, so this writer wrote this many books, so that equals they get a nomination, and I enjoy them this much. So that equals you know, it's yeah. a, there's a lot of gut feelings and passion involved in, in a sort of like this, and you know, you, you can't really fault a writer for writing less. Mm-hmm. You know, the, if they decide to write less, they decide to write less. If that one yeah. thing is great, then it doesn't matter, right? That's right. So, the, you know, that's where kind of the Geo Olson wins for me over over someone like Marguerite, who I think has done really really good work. Um, but none of her work has made me feel the way that G. Will Wilson's one book has yes. this year, um, this past year. You know, the other nominees, there's some great nominees here. Obviously, Brendan Fletcher is working on both Gotham Academy and Batgirl um, and doing a fantastic job on both. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, both those books are great, and he deserves all the credit in the world uh, for, you know, coming in with the help of other people, obviously, but coming in and creating Becky Cloonan is writing on Gotham Academy mm-hmm. with him. Cameron Stewart is writing Batgirl with him. Um, but it, to do that stuff and to, to make those books so good and to do something so different with both of them, because they're very different books. They're not the same. Uh, I, I think is pretty, is pretty yes. wonderful. Uh, y- you know, um, James Tinian again, is having a really solid year has done some really great, I think miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, his ongoing work has gotten better. And I think he's gone, he's gotten better than he ever has been before. He's no longer, I think, you know, the, the, just the backup writer to Batman or the, the spinoff books or, you know, random ongoing series for DC. He, he's got his voice, I think, starting to come into his own. Um, the woods is, is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimetic was great. So I, there's, there's stuff there that I think makes that raises him up, um, above where he's been. And, you know, the one person I can't really speak to is Noel Stevenson. Uh, cause I, although I've now read the issues, I think a lot of it is about the, you know, the reaction in, in the, in, okay. in, in the yeah. minute. So I don't know. What, what do you have to say about Noel? Well, the Lumberjanes 
is just hysterically funny and touching and sweet at once. And that isn't a juggle that happens all the time. Mm. We, have, we have a book that speaks to young girls, certainly. But to those of us who want to remember what it's like to be young in general mm. and it, that exploration, discovery, and it's there in, in every word balloon, every crazy expression and all the silliness that goes with it. But it's still they're characters you care about. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, yeah. It hits all the notes, that series. It's really yeah. it's really spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, does anybody else, unless they want to say about any of the breakthrough writers? No, I think we talked about everybody. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about single issue of, of the year, guys. Let me tell you about a little book. Okay. Right. Let, me go, let, me go, let me go through the nominees. All right. Yeah. All right. We've got Afterlife with Archie, number six. Bitch Planet, number one. Gotham Academy, number one. Uh, Lois Lane, uh, one shot. And The Multiversity, Pax Americana, are our five. Steve, tell me about this book. <laughs> well, um, I would like to throw in a little bit for Gotham Academy. Okay. Um, Gotham Academy has been, over the break, steadily making its way uh, up my lists. And just, I know how much everybody loves Afterlife with Archie, including myself and all the other books that are on this list. But just remember when doing your numbers that Gotham Academy is not only a spectacular book, but has also... I don't know if I would say single-handedly, but definitely one of like the the marquee things for this is introducing like a brand new like breath of life of like YA books into the comic book sphere. Um, you have to be damn good to do that, and I would not be surprised if after books like Gotham Academy and the New Batgirl and stuff like that, that you're going to see more and more of these characters kind of out and living their lives and having adventures within their own personal lives. And with Gotham Academy, it just, it has this re really cool blend of like Harry Potter meets Nancy Drew. And it's just open for anybody. You can hand that book to anyone, anybody that loved those Harry Potter books, even if they're so removed from them at this point, though I haven't read those in years. I'm, you know, it's kid stuff now. I really liked it back then, but not anymore. I guarantee if you had them sit down and read Gotham Academy, they'd be like, you have the other issues, man. <laughs> so, um, there are some. There, every book on this list is spectacular, but that is one of the ones that's been climbing up uh, the numbers for me. Yeah. To me, I think we have five books here that I'll revisit over the years. Mm -hmm. They're books that I'm going to dive back into the box and go. Hey, I remember what I felt like when I read this the first time mm -hmm. in five very different worlds too, which yes. is really neat in, yes. in the way that it all broke down. My little bit of shilling will be for Lois Lane number one. Because I remember it was the show we did, our, it was just the two of us that yes. one day. Where, just, sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay, Grover Washington and Bill Withers. All right. There I'll, we go. You know what? I would rather it be that than the other. The, the Will Smith version. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, go, I'm going old <laughs> Thank school. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> and here's a character that in the new 52 is now not who she was. She's sort of off in the side, although she's the Red Tornado on Earth 2 mm -hmm. now, right? Yes, Which is. is kind of bizarre. And to see a Lois Lane who doesn't need Superman to rescue her at every minute, who's uh, the intrepid reporter, the go-getter, who's got a story to, to go uncover that becomes very personal, that is now an emotional story about her sister and kids and lots of bad stuff. I don't want to spoil this because hopefully people will be reading this mm -hmm. now. But just a spectacular book that could have just been a nothing, just a throwaway. Oh, we're going to throw Lois Lane out of book so we keep the copyright or whatever. No, it's a book that you should read. 
Yeah, I mean, mostly, I was very surprised, and we talked about that that, that yeah. show. I was surprised how much I liked it, um, especially because at that point for me, that was what started turning me around on Marguerite mm-hmm. uh, Bennett. Because before that, I just I she had just I had liked the Batgirl issues, but it it always been kind of under a cloud for me because of how they had interrupted the right. the main series. So that's really turned me on. So the book did the job of being a great issue and turning me around on a writer who I now very much enjoy. Um, I mean, anybody who listens to the show knows what I'm going to shill for, yeah. and that's the multiversity Pax Americana. <laughs> I will use Steve Steve's words from when we talked about the yeah. issue, which was, it challenged the way he read comic books. It still is. Yeah. <laughs> I've read it like four times now, and I'm st- still challenging. It, uh, the writing is obviously mind-bending and crazy, and the way that it spans different time periods and different realities and deals with huge ideas and also is a is a exploration of the Charlton characters while also being exploration of Watchmen at the same time mm-hmm. I, I think th- that amount of layering is obviously insane um I think the story is still very enjoyable in its own right it has a cool little murder mystery plot to it um and that's all great and you know I could talk about the writing forever but to me, what sets it up even above that is is the uh, Frank Quietly art, which the the line work is gorgeous and detailed, and at times you know it's beautiful to look at, and it's even beautiful when it's really really difficult okay. to look at. You know, when it's really really ugly and difficult to look at. That scene where he kind of takes apart the dog, which is gruesome yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, but is you can't take your eyes off of it. And I think that because of that, um, and it, it, the book just soars above uh, what even what I was expecting from this series. You know, that's the kind of issue that I, I dream of when we get this sort of Grant Morrison series and to get it and to, it to deliver so well, I, I think was just amazing. And, and it, I still think about it. I still go, I still go back and look at it. Um, and it just has stuck with me in a series, in a, in a, in a collection, a series of great issues, which I, yeah. you know, a, a lot of them could have been a, a, on this list to me, it stood head and shoulders above just because of that level of detail and the ideas that it was flowing through. Um, so that's my that's my pitch for Pax Americana. Yeah, yeah and done. yeah, and obviously, look, Afterlife with Archie is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we talked about that plenty of times, and um, I, I don't know even how much we talked about it when we nominated it, but because I think it was everybody's list. Mm-hmm. But we had a whole show where we talked about it for a very long time. It's an amazing book. And the whole series has been fantastic. And if it had come out more regularly this year, it would have been in stronger contention for some so. of the other awards, obviously. But it's been out; it's going on for about a year, almost two years, and it's got six issues. You can't, you know, um, year and a half. You've got six issues. You, you can't do it. But as a single issue, single issue, it's unbelievable. It does everything that this, it does everything that the series does right, but takes it away from the normal milieu of the yeah. series incorporating elements and bringing new horror elements in that it wasn't before. You know, mm-hmm. it's not playing on Romero anymore. It's playing on yeah. Lovecraft. And to be able to have that kind of dexterity, unbelievable. And brilliantly playing in Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do lousy pastiches of H.P. Lovecraft. Right. You throw in some, some beasties from other dimensions and use some long strings of adjectives and you've got Lovecraft. Well, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And this, that creeping horror that just kept building throughout the issue until the massive in italics payoff Holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we, anybody else want to say anything? We're good to move on. Nope. All right. So let's move on to graphic novel. Ooh. Oh, I was just thinking about this. Big category. Big category. New category for us. It used to be incorporated into another category. Yes. 
Um, won't be from now on, obviously. How the hell did we ever do that? We had read less of them, I think, in the years past. Uh, graphic novel of the year. We have In Real Life, Seconds, Sing No Evil, Through the Woods, Satana, Black Canary, Bloodspell. So we already talked a lot about Through the Woods. We don't think we need to go over that yeah. again, though I would chill no. for that. I'm just going to say right now, yeah. Talk, yeah. see what I said uh, uh, ten, 20 minutes right. ago, mm-hmm. and I can add it on, on, onto this. Um, amazing book. So other than Through the Woods, anything to shill for? Steve, <laughs> which which do you want? Go. I'm going to shill for Sing No Evil. Right. Still. Okay. Do your thing. All right. Well, I mean, I said a lot about it um, when we were doing the deliberate. My, my mom. Go, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. I have, I can't read what you're saying right now, but Hi. I love you. Hi, mom. <laughs> and so anyway. All right. So the deal with Sing No Evil is, you know, I talk about a lot of like personal experiences. Um how much comics have done for me in these three years, socially, spiritually, the whole thing. Um, Signal Evil is a book that came along and it was Becky Cloonan who, you know, was like, hey, you should check this out. I looked at the cover. I said, wow, that looks like something I should read. And I read it. And, you know, I talk a lot about transportation and through the woods, how it, it propelled me back to, you know, um, those years with all the, those scary books and stuff like that. Signal Evil not only brings me to like every good show that I've ever been to and that sensation, that like elation that I have, like I love music. I love that. Like there's something that I can't even describe at like my very core where certain bands, certain songs, like I just found a, a new band that I'm listening to called Bo Ningen and they're just, it has been a while since I've been like fiendishly obsessed with something. And in the last three days, I have just chomped really hard into this band. And when I listen to stuff like that, I am just taken away from anything and everything and put into my happy place. This book pushes me in that direction with every page. The artwork in it is absolutely spectacular. All the little things that are hidden inside, how there's sacred geometry used to make some of the line work in the backgrounds, and that when the music is being played, it's coming off of the pages. Like It's just wafting off of the pages. The notes are flying out. And all of that stuff, all of those like tablature notes and all that stuff, all the math to make those things is put into the style of the book making it for me a little bit more than just a comic it's almost like it's a tribute to that feeling and that sensation of seeing a live show um not to mention that there's really great character moments and stuff like that all throughout and it's got a little bit of a twist at the end that makes it um fun and kind of propels it into another genre um, I just think it's it's full of surprises, and even if it's not at the very top of somebody's list, maybe to kind of look at it again in these last final moments that we have one more time, and just think about how you how much you can get out of it, or maybe just how much I got out of it, and then <laughs> throw in a vote for me anyway. <laughs> so I love I love this book so much. Um, yeah, if it's not through the woods, it's Sing No Evil. This is a really really tough category yeah. um, because. There are three books on this list that I would feel just fine with, you know, um, winning the category. I mean, I'd fly with any of them winning, but mm-hmm. we talked about Through the Woods, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to 
going to fight for seconds at a, at a, at a later date. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll talk plenty about that, so I don't want to do that here. Um, but I do want to say something in favor of In Real Life, because Stephanie isn't here, and obviously yeah. that book meant yeah. a lot to her. Um, you know, it, it's it's an important book. And, and you know, that uh, importance is obviously a big thing, but it means nothing if, in this context, if the book isn't good, right? You know, if a book just is, has a message, you should read it, but it's not going to win awards. But in real life, you know, it takes a very modern construct, which is kind of this MMO, um, gold farming, you know, guild sort of format, and makes it a fully relatable story, I think, to anyone who reads it, and makes it a universal story about bullying, about acceptance, about different cultures, and... It does it very definitely in a very entertaining way. It's, I mean, I read it so quickly, and it, it mm-hmm. and, and you know, it was over, and I couldn't believe it was it was already over. Uh, the art in it is is beautiful, and it's simple, but it, it's got a ton of personality to it. Uh, just a really, really good book, and you know. I wish Stephanie was here because she'd be much more eloquent about it because she feels more passionately about it than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a book that deserves to be mentioned. I don't know if we got to talk about it very much wh- when we nominated it. So just wanted right. to say. Well, I want to throw something in on that because when we discussed it mm-hmm. that day, I came to that, I don't want to say with a preconceived notion, but I'm not a gamer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I came into that oblivious to the entire construct. And I was won over really quickly. The characters are very well done. It is important, but again, it isn't a screed. Mm-hmm. It's a story yes. and a very well-told story that makes you involved in that struggle. Mm-hmm. And that's some, there's something to be said for that. That was just a really great book. I, I, I'll throw, throw the gauntlet down about seconds right now. Okay. Because um, <laughs> what people would assume I'd probably vote for here has changed. Oh, wow. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Look, I bought three copies of Seconds for People for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Is how much I thought of that book. All right, then. I'm a sucker for It's a Wonderful Life and things like that. The idea of what what happens if. And that was done so well. And look, Scott Pilgrim was fun. Mm-hmm. This was deep and still fun. But there was something else there. There's that other level that really it was poignant and sad and funny. And creepy. Mm. Just yeah. a great, great book. I mean, I love Seconds. It's one of my favorite books of the year. Um, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. You know, what, what what Brian O'Malley does so well is capture the awkwardness and, uh, you know, the uncomfortableness of any era of life. Lost at Sea deals with being an adolescent. Scott Pilgrim deals with being in your early 20s. And Seconds deals with turning 30. You know, it basically says everybody. You know, life is going to suck it's in some way in every single point of your life. So just, get, <laughs> just deal with it. But you know, as he deals with it, and as he has he matures as a writer and as a person, it gets that age himself. He just he he starts shaping his stories to reflect that stuff. And the theme behind seconds, the idea of we're always looking back, always looking back, saying if I could just change this, or could just change that, or just change this, things would be perfect. And what seconds tries to impart is that. Everything that happens to you is is for a reason. It builds to something. It builds to who you are. It builds the person that you are. And there's a reason why we don't have control over everything. Yeah. You know, because we would screw it up even worse than we already were if we had the chance to do that. And I, 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 I love that about the book. You know, it's very much a book about letting go of your past in, in a ton of ways. And 
his cartooning style is it has improved uh, over the years. I mean, it's always been great, but it's it's even gotten better. And the inclusion of the Nathan Fairbrain colors, I think, lifts it up even more. You know, it's a much more complete looking book now, and and it reflects the age in which the characters are. It has a little more heaviness to it. It has a little more weight to it, but it also wraps it all in this you know silly fantasy kind of trapping. You know, this kind of almost you know fable type of, of trapping. And I I loved it. I mean, I think that it's it, it's 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 when you make a list, and I'm finishing up my my list for the site. Hmm. It's really tough because I, I feel like at any given moment, books just start flying around the list. Yeah, you know what I mean. However, I feel that day. So seconds on some days is my number one book of the year. You know, on other days it's number two or number number three, hmm. but it's never farther down than number three. Um, and it's just a fantastic book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is a category for me where things have shifted around mm. a lot and did just a second ago. If you saw my pencil, <laughs> Bob making changes, making changes. It's really difficult to be on a podcast with you too, because when you <laughs> when you go to bat for your stuff, you present such great arguments, and I'm just ah, we're really good at bullshitting. That's why. Yeah, I, we, we had that other podcast <laughs> yeah, where yeah. we did lots of this. It's just it's so ridiculous because I mean, you, everything on this list is spectacular in its own way, mm. and then you know, like, what do I? Do I go for the important and poignant book because those things are important to me? Or do I go, you know, for this evocative storytelling of something that's kind of this, you know, beautiful progression? Do I go because I shit my pants reading a book? Like, it's seriously. It's, or do you go for the power of fishnets? Oh, God. <laughs> that book was great, too. Yes. Like, we didn't talk about it, but holy crap. Like, Zatanna and uh, Black Canary Bloodspells. Paul and Joe Canonis, yes. Yeah, like, doing that whole, like, we've read, what is that? Um, it was Batgirl and Power Girl. They went to the movies. Mm-hmm. Dracula, is that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Brave and the Stephanie, Bold. The Stephanie Brown. Super Girl. Stephanie Brown. Supergirl. 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 Okay. Supergirl. Okay. This this book reminds me of like a larger, more extended version of that. Like the girls go out and have fun, kind of thing, and get up to like mischief and adventure. Yeah. Like as far as like that's a that's an important comic book style to me. And the comic book that did that the best this year was this book, mm-hmm. and that's important to me too. Yeah, and it just oh. <laughs> Well, you've got another like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I just I just want anybody to know that however I vote, they're all amazing. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we do need to point that out for everyone. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. We, at, at, we have spent a lot of time getting to this. You heard those other arguments mm. we had. Even the things we brought to the table before the other five nominees yeah. in these categories, mm-hmm. these are all the best of the best. Yes, so, absolutely. No offense to anyone that doesn't win; these are all winners. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Best story arc of the year. Uh, we've got Forever Evil, JLA, Stargirl, Ms. Marvel, No Normal, Saga Volume 4, She-Hulk, The Trial of Cap, and Wicked and the Divine, The Faust Act. Mm-hmm. All right. Who wants to bat for something here? I'll go. Go I'll, for it, Bob. I'll take a shot. It's She-Hulk. Okay. It's Here's a book written by a lawyer. So we finally do get to a flat-out, let's-go-to-court whole Perry Mason thing with surprise witnesses and hidden files and all the rest of it. And it's still she Hulk funny. And we still get Patsy and her stealth suit and all the crazy things that have led up to this. What was unexpected to me, even though I've read lots of Charles Soule's work was the absolute heart he showed in displaying, even in showing a 14 year old Steve Rogers, what that character means and why he deserves to be Captain America, that you can find a new angle to tell a story about Captain America after 
that character was debuting in 1941 hmm. is pretty gosh darn special. Mm-hmm. And yet it was there. And it was in a little wink and a sly nod as we get to the end of this. And people will not get it spoiled by me right here <laughs> as to who wins and why and how and how this plays itself out. What, the books are still out there in the stands. It's only the, it's the last three issues until the one that just came out mm-hmm. and one more after this. Three issues that you'll just absolutely love. If you're a fan of deep Marvel history, She-Hulk, Cap, or just damn good writing. All right. Mm-hmm. Steve, anything you want to show for? Hmm, is Marvel no normal? Do I need to shill for it? I mean, we, we I, I don't think you need to shill for Ms. Marvel. I mean, I think that we'll also get into Ms. Marvel a lot as we go farther on these lists. Mm-hmm. It's going to get its due at other points. Um, I mean, I'll talk quickly about, you know, well, Saga, Volume 4. The only reason I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say very quick things about it, because we're going to talk about Saga again a lot more, but especially for this volume, mm-hmm. uh, it's always been a great series, and I've always really, really liked it. Volume 4 was the first time that I, I think I truly, truly loved it. Um, it was when I just became enamored and it became the book I read first um, on the pile. And it had never been that for me before. I'd always really enjoyed it. I'd always thought it was ingenious and perfectly written and beautifully drawn, obviously. But it had always kind of been second or third or you know fourth in my, in my mind. And this arc this year was the first time that it really... It really became um, tops of my list, and I think that's because it dealt with not the initial fire of the run, not the initial fire of the escape, not the action-packed, um, you know, everything caught up in the moment stuff. It was the what happens after the moment's over. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we've we've found a planet to live on. We're safe generally, you know, but generally safe. And now all of a sudden, you know, Marco has to raise. His, his his daughter alone while Alana goes off to a job that she hates and she gets addicted to drugs and it, and it becomes like, you know, what what do you do when you have to actually keep your marriage going, not just, not, not it's not being forced to keep going by you guys in the middle of that kind of passion. Right. And I thought not a lot of books do that. You know, I thought that also Sex Criminals this year did that as well, you know, it, which I thought was really cool. But Saga does it and it's nothing I expected from the book. And it raised the level of the book for me th- this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Both in story and art. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that, you know, obviously Stephanie loved this and I loved it too, but the Forever Evil Stargirl stuff, I, I think is great. You know, yes. it, it introduces a, reintroduces a character in a lot of ways um, that I really knew not much about. Uh, she had been gone since I started reading books again. She was back here mm-hmm. um, really for the first time in any sort of starring role. And, Digging into her past and digging into her her motivations uh, led me to fall in love with the character just based on these three or so issues. Right. Um, some great art, some great writing, you know, all across the board. Um, really elevated the book itself in JLA to its best. I think. Yeah. Was in, was in those issues, and you know, I was was really taken by that character and, and by thing. You know, tie-ins a lot of times can be not a great thing, and here it, it was great. Right. I mean, the way that I read. Uh, Forever Evil was I like stocked up on several issues at a time, so I had the Justice League, Justice League Dark, and Justice Justice League mm-hmm. um, United or America of America of America. Okay, yeah. so I had all of those in a in a pile and was just reading, you know, bouncing from one to the other, one to the other, and would always be looking forward to going back to that one to see where her story takes her next and the stuff with Martian Manhunter and all of that. Um, one of, I mean, if we had like a 
breakout character of the year category, she would have definitely been on it mm-hmm. and and way up there. Yeah, that was a great that was a great arc. That's I, my that's my two cents. There you go. I read that being a fan of the original. Mm. The uh, was Jeff Johns. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And everyone took a shot of Bill mm. Willingham. A lot yeah, of people yeah, went yeah. through the 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 run that David Goyer even. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say nice things about yeah, the way yeah. David Goyer wrote <laughs> Courtney. And her motivation's different here. The, the, it's a darker DC mm-hmm. universe. So there's more tragedy in it than the playfulness that was the first time around. Mm-hmm. But she's still Courtney Whitmore. She's still that. I'll no matter what, I'll find a way to do this. Yeah. It would be lovely to see the interaction that was before where she was a legacy hero, mm-hmm. where you had those older characters mentoring her and w- watching her, and they watched her grow and loved watching that happen. Right, and yeah. I'm hoping that'll happen as we move forward as she becomes a bigger and bigger character in the DC universe. Because yeah, they mm-hmm. intonated that in the arc, that, yep. that you know, because her stepfather and her father, whatever, that you know, that there's a legacy there. Mm-hmm. They just don't go into it in those in those issues. Yeah. But very, very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we move on or are we... Uh... Yeah, I mean, w- Wicked and the Divine. I mean, what what can I say for it that I didn't say um, the first time when I when I brought it to the table? It is just it's two creators that have like when you think of of almost like buddy action creators like Chip Zdarsky and mm. Matt Fraction, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey doing what they do. Like I, they're synonymous in my mind. Mm. I put them yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's two you know class act creators doing what they do best and playing in an arena where they really, really get to shine and really get to show their personalities and the art for it is just brilliant. The colors are spectacular and it's just, they bring a a very, very unique story to the field with these gods that come around every 90 or so years and they only live for x amount of time and what do you do if that's all the time that you have Mm -hmm. and this time around you came back as like a gaggle of rock stars and there it's just it's fantastic and like i said it's a really really good example of two people that love to work together making something that you can feel the passion for it uh, yeah. when you're reading it absolutely and it's really engaging i yeah. they, they i mean we're not talking about the second arc but the way that they started that second arc where they completely changed the mood of the book much like sex criminals mm-hmm. uh did earlier in the year it's as if like you're going on to the next album like somebody's sophomore album mm-hmm. and they decided to do something radically different right yeah so but still playing within still playing with their strengths yeah absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's go on to mini series of the year. We have Hellboy in Hell, The Multiversity, Sheltered, Star Trek. What's the subtitle? Because you only Har- abbreviated Har- it. Harlan Ellison, City on the Edge of Forever. Okay. <laughs> Winter Soldier, Bitter March. We can't read it out that way. It's no. Hikadioff. He, yeah, Hikadioff, <laughs> which I would have said because I didn't remember all the, the abbreviations for it. Um. All right. So. Uh, I mean, I'll go first. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the multiversity very quickly. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, we I talked about Pax Americana before. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Pax Americana aside, uh, the, the, the first issue, the multiversity, um, the Society of Superheroes, uh, the, 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 the Just, I guess is what it's called, yeah. Earth Me, <laughs> uh, um, Thunderworld, all of these, all of these books. Um, are absolutely fantastic. They're standalone issues that set up worlds. They are 
um, an interweaving whole that will hopefully we haven't seen the end yet. That will hopefully yes, pay yeah. off when it all. Hopefully we will get to see the yeah, end. Yeah, when it all when it all comes to an end. But the the way that they are built and the the different styles and the way that they not only are self contained issues but they are universe building, you know they are not just it, it, look. It would have been his original pitch. It would have been great to see him examine the existing universes and, and to play with them. But what the multiversity has turned into, which is this thing where it's actually creating or recreating worlds, you know, for other writers if they so wish to play in, you know, if they want to make series for i think it is amazing concept Mm -hmm. and it's amazing concept that's delivered on really really well i mean you know we didn't get a chance to talk about it obviously because we were on the break but thunder world blew me away for the exact opposite reason that pax americana Mm -hmm. blew me away (laughs) you know what i mean and and for the fact that exists in one series i think is amazing you know the the pure joy and fun of thunder world which we obviously that radio play uh now a year and a half ago or whatever yeah. it was it was it was like that radio play it was, it was like yeah. that first story you know um and if reading that first story and then reading the uh the Jeff Smith stuff and then reading that it you know it all it all fit together into this into this this whole for me and, and that was great you know I, I think that the the initial kind of big overarching story in the multiversity I think Captain Carrot and, and all these characters. <laughs> It was funny and bizarre, but also really action-packed and really exciting. Uh, I love the pulp nature of, of the Society of Superheroes, um, all that stuff, and, and and the kind of experimental weirdness, you know, of of the Just. I think is also really really cool. So for me, it's just the diversity in, in itself, and the, the display of artistry from both writing and art throughout the entire book is why it's the one I'm pushing for the most. I was disappointed to start with because I did sort of want, oh, we're going to get to spend some time in each of these universes that are gone. Hmm. Not disappointed anymore because (laughs) I'm just loving this way of doing it. It's new earths that replicate some of what came before, but not entirely. Mm -hmm. It's all a little twisted. The whole haunted comic book universe to universe. We're always one behind Mm -hmm. kind of or one ahead. Yeah. The artwork across the board has been perfect for whatever book it's needed to be. I'm yeah. not the hugest fan. Hugest? Is this such a word? <laughs> whatever. And, and we haven't even opened up the Knob Creek. No, we have not. Uh, Frank Whiteley has never been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you follow it up with a light, fun Captain Marvel versus, you know, Dr. Savannah and his kids and the mm-hmm. Marvel family and all the greatness that is. I can't wait to see where we go forward. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't read Thunderworld yet. Oh, really? Oh, no. God, it's so good. It. I know. So good. <laughs> it's so amazing. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. Somebody, yeah. two people are telling me. Yeah. Um, so that's my push for multiversity. Yeah. Who else has got a, an argument they want to they wanna put forward? Did you guys read Sheltered? I did. I read it all. What'd you think? I fucking love that book. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. In all seriousness, I've been pushing Sheltered pretty much all all of last year on people. Every time it came out. Um, yeah, multiversity is, is spectacular, but I mean, sheltered is one of those books that for me anyway, I keep hearing conflicting stories. I have people telling me that it's been picked up for TV and then I have people saying like, no, I haven't heard anything. Well, it's been optioned. I know I was doing research on it, but who knows what that's going to, what's going to happen. All right. Um, I think that whoever is thinking about it should take them up on it and develop it and try it out. Um, it is one of those books that has always been at the top of my pile. The scenario that is given to you in this book is just this 
really like the twist in the story happens right at the end of the first issue and presents you with a situation that is like Lord of the Flies meets pre-apocalypse. We always read these post-apocalyptic stories. Now you get a pre-apocalyptic story of a group of children that have pretty much been meeting in secret and have come to the conclusion that in building these forts to survive this volcano that's supposed to erupt, they then kill the parents and take over the compound and try to then defend the compound from outsiders. And it becomes, you know, detectives versus kids versus, you know, this super armed, you know, almost like trailer park society. And the character moments that are in there, the struggle going on from one side to the other, um, constantly like deception and switching sides and switching sides. And Mm -hmm. you don't really know because even still, like it's ending in a couple of issues and like I'm just waiting for all of that doomsday stuff to like actually happen and for it to have all been real and for, and and for a purpose Mm -hmm. and just watch it all burn and just watch this kid either be like, I I told you Mm -hmm. or whatever and find out who's left at the end of this. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And I love, I love being there for it. Yeah. It reminds me really of an extended twilight zone sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Where, yeah. You're always on edge what's going to yeah. happen and then it does and you're mm-hmm. still on edge because it didn't go where you thought. Yeah. yeah, it's got I mean it's got a lot of action, it's got a lot of violence. Um it's got a lot of vulgarity, but it's these are kids living yeah. in this situation and not all of them have matured. No. You know, and that's just that's the way it's going to be and I just love how straightforward and creative it is and how it manages with every issue to end with one of those like last page like oh and you have to read the next one Mm -hmm. so i i've loved the living hell out of that out of that book all year yeah and what's great about it is that you know there is uh and what steve said is not even a spoiler happens like the first three pages of the book what that's all steve told you about was like the first three pages of the book so that's great and what i love about it is that it feels to me you know, I think that what Shelter does best is that its plot is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's got, like, the pedal to the metal at all times. You know, it feels to me like a really great, you know, um, like, TV miniseries in, in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, where, you know, I don't have a super connection to, like, a lot any of the characters, really. I'm not like, I really love you and I hate, you know, there's characters you don't like, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> because they're just really nasty characters. But it's more, they're more kind of... Um, you know, big kind of amalgamations or like, I don't want to say stereotypes because that's like a bad... Archetypes. uh, Archetypes. They're archetypal characters. Um, But the plot is so good and the forward motion and the... the, It's so good in the story that it doesn't matter, you know? Um, And what's interesting too is that Lucas, right, is the the main guy. By all accounts, you should really, really hate him. And for most of the book, you do hate him. But as you get to the end of the series, like... You hate him less, like it's you. Don't, you still don't agree with what he did, you know. But there's like there's part of you that's like I kind of understand where you're coming from at this point, you know. And I love the idea though, also of that whether or not how many of these kids actually believe that the volcano is coming or not is, is I think is up in the air. Mm-hmm. But they all force themselves to believe it because of what they did, right? And I think that's a very interesting societal, you know, uh, construct to deal with. Um, How do you live with yourself? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's gone to directions I didn't really expect. 
Like the like the last three or four issues has been really different nice. than I expected. I love it. It's it's really great. great I'm really book. glad that you enjoyed it's it. It's a really yeah. great book. Yeah. I'm gonna, before I shill for something, I am going to mention an old movie that you're not going to be able to find, <laughs> but it's from 1961. It's called Ladybug, Ladybug. I remember Ladybugs. No, that's not like that. It's uh, it's a rural school. And all of a sudden, again, this is 1961. So when I was going to school, we had fire drills once a week. And once a month, we had air raid drills. Oof. Where you were out in the hallway and buried your head in, in your hands and hope that, that the atom bomb so didn't frightening. Fall. Yes, yeah. it was. In my elementary school, we had a fallout shelter in the basement. Oh, my God. Wow. With the signs and the whole mess. Well, in this story, the air raid sirens go off. And they can't get anyone on the phone to decide, is it real? Is it a drill? What's going on? And they start sending kids home. And one of the groups of kids has a fallout shelter. Mm-hmm. And some kids get to go in and some don't. Mm-hmm. And there's a struggle among all these like 12-year-old kids as to as to who stays and who goes. And ooh, is What is this r- called? Ladybugs? Ladybug, Ladybug. I feel like i Directed I've, by Frank Perry. I've either seen it or I've heard. Uh, Nancy Marchand is in it. I might have seen it. Sopranos. I might have seen it. Okay. Okay. Used to be on TNT years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real scary movie. Cool. So on the old sci-fi front, (laughs) segue. Yeah. Tell us about Star Star Trek. Trek. Hecotafa. Yes. Now, again, I am a Trekkie from way back. I was sitting in front of the television September 8th, 1966. We just passed the 50th anniversary of their beginning filming. Wow. The original pilot a few weeks back. And... Science fiction on television was anthologies or kid shows until Star Trek. And there, there are bum moments in Star Trek. And you, you can go down a list, as Carolyn and I have, Carolyn Coca, and the <laughs> list, this one with Spock's brain, which is so hideous, and so on and so forth. <laughs> but when Star Trek was at its best, it was not about spaceships and ray guns and fighting and aliens. It was pure science fiction. And in City on the Edge of Forever, it's what is the cost to saving the universe personally? What choice do you make? How do you make that choice? What weapons do you bring to that battle within yourself to, to change things or not? And I'm trying not to spoil this because not everyone may have seen this. <laughs> it's brilliant science fiction that does not require decades of having watched Star Trek to get. If you know because it's modern mythology who Kirk and Spock are, that's all you need coming into this. Bobby, you did read? I did read it. Yes, uh, I did read yeah. it. And I enjoyed it. I absolutely did. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't want to be countering any of your right. points because this is your chance to like do your thing. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think not having a huge investment in those characters definitely um, maybe tempered my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Or not my enjoyment, my investment in it. Okay. Because um, I do like those characters. Don't get me wrong. I've watched all the Star Trek movies. You know, um, all the original series movies. I've, I haven't watched the original series itself, but I, I do enjoy, and I enjoy that universe a lot. Uh, but I just, I, I thought the ideas were really great, and you're absolutely right. It, it is the ideas in it are amazing, um, and the questions raised are, are amazing. Um, and, but I just, for whatever reason, it did not connect with me the mm-hmm. way that it had connected w- with you. But uh, still, I mean, like we always say, these are all great, right? Um, you know, and uh, Hellboy in Hell is great, obviously, and Winter Soldier: Bitter March is also fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about that. It's it, it's a great throwback story. Um, does a really good job of casting who is now very much a hero as a villain, even though even if they created it to come along with the movie just because they wanted to have a Winter Soldier book where he's a bad guy, it was am- fantastic. Uh, recommended a great job with, with with that book. All right, so we're getting to the 
in the, uh, the big boy awards. Yeah, the big boys. <laughs> even though, like, let's say those weren't big boy awards. Um, best new series of 2014. All right. Uh, Deadly Class, Gotham Academy, Ms. Marvel, Sensation Comics, and The Wicked and the Divine are our five nominees for best new series. Steve, what do you want to show for? Oh, God. Uh, I really, I am, I'm showing my hands, but I am all in for Ms. Marvel this year. Um, best new series? I mean, can you think, as as fantastic as so many things were this year, can you think of any other series that made as big of a splash as Ms. Marvel did? And for everybody, or a lot of people, to be caught up in the excitement and, and just the the freshness of the character and this little, you know, corner of Marvel or something that came out of like inhumanity and all of that stuff that was leading up to the Terrigen bomb going off. And, you know, we have Charles souls as inhuman and we're meeting a whole bunch of people and they're all very interesting. And, and they're, you know, some of them are really cool, but then you have G will Wilson and, you know, Kamala Khan over in Jersey and they're blowing it up. And it's amazing. The art for it is absolutely playful and spectacular and fits that world. It has such like authenticity to it. It's just such a unique vibe. Like it it's just the characters are are so awesome. All the little animals that are stashed around that world, it's almost becomes like a little highlights book where you gotta find the things on the list. And for what Kamala means, not only to, you know, entire group of people but for comic book readers in general of she's given an identity to so many new readers and so many people have come on to comics because of her and even if they're just reading ms marvel that's okay she has been that important this year and like bob had said you know she's i don't know i guess this generation spider-man quite possibly or or you know handled continuing to be handled correctly or properly or whatever um could stand to be one of the most important comic book characters of all time Mm -hmm. uh and i just think anything that creates that kind of uh just fever pitch in the fandom deserves to be recognized and and looked at for what it really is and not to mention that the book itself is spectacular all the stuff that it has to teach its readers it's entertaining it's funny and for anyone who's not particularly into comics, it's the perfect character who's being ushered into and introduced to this superhero world that it's as if like you're hand in hand with Kamala going through this and going through this perfect. adolescent change of stuff. And I just think that it's spectacular and I've like endeared myself to her and her adventures and the way she is, how she gets excited to work with Wolverine and she's fighting her own villains yeah. and and stuff and it's just all new and it's fun and it's fresh and she reminds me of me like if you got to hang out with Spider-Man or you got to hang out with Wolverine you would geek out yeah. you would totally flip out be like can you do the thing with the claws man come on come on tell me you don't give a shit come on <laughs> you know and she does all of that and i just read it and i go aw <laughs> and um and again she she gave something to the comic book reading community that in my I'm, I've only been in this for three and a half years, whatever, but she gave something brand new to a very, very long tradition of putting out books that this is a comic that came onto the scene and has created. She's she's just an unstoppable force. 
both yeah. in in sales and in, in people's hearts to be to be really <laughs> cheesy minds. and minds and everything hearts and minds. i'm just i'm really really attached to the character and i think it's a wonderful wonderful series and every issue has been outstanding yeah i mean i'm not gonna dis- uh. i can disagree with you on that i mean i, I ms marvel is my clear like favorite in, in, in this category mm-hmm. um for all the reasons that you said it's a wonderful book um, you know, beyond all the social implication, all the thing that leaving that all, even that had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it at all. Um, Ms. Marvel is a fantastic new series in the way that introduces a new character to, to the world, um, a new part of kind of the Marvel universe as well. And it's also a fantastic new series because the hero- heroic journey of this character is perfect for the superhero milieu as, as groundbreaking it is in so many ways. It, it fits into the classic, classic mold of Marvel heroes, of the great Marvel heroes. Um, and for all of those reasons, I think that in 2014, it was an incredibly special book. And each story, it, it works on a, in a, in a, in a, in a root, grassroots, you know, bare bones kind of way. Its stories are great. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a great cast of supporting people. It, you know, all of those things are, are, are what make it great. And, it's a testament to uh, Adrian Alfana, fantastic artist, and th- those pages that he brings to the table are unbelievable and some of the best art of the year. I possibly, it's a testament to the, the quality of the book that when a fill-in artist came in, and J- Jake Wyatt, I think mm-hmm. his name was, I love those issues just as much as I love the issues yeah. with Adrian Alfana. So the series as a whole and encapsulated has, has been just great. And so that for that reason, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I there are other series I love here. Don't get me wrong. I love just about everything on this list, but in my opinion, like I don't feel the need to shill for anything else simply because I think Ms. Marvel is that good. So yeah, yeah, that's Amen. how I feel. Yeah, I mean, do, do, Bob, do you have anything you want to say? No, I've said lots about Ms. Marvel earlier <laughs> today. That there's this book briefly, a teenage girl acting like a teenage girl with all the joy of her new discoveries as steve's pointing out that she can hang out with wolverine even while they're finding giant sewer alligators or the (laughs) parrot-headed clone of thomas edison or just these crazy things and she sort of takes it in stride what she takes less in stride is her problems at home dealing Mm -hmm. with her families the way we all did when we were that sort of age and it plays as real and as fantastic it is it plays as reality and i'm stuck i thought i'd love this book coming in and it's way beyond any of the expectations I had to start. Right. With. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's let's move on then from new series to best artist of 2014. We have Michael and Laura Allred, Francesco Francavilla, May, <laughs> Emma Rios, Fiona Staples, and Chip Zdarsky. Bob, who do you want to who do you want to put in the put it in for? I'm going for what my pick was to start with Michael and Laura Allred who beyond they did wonderful 3d stuff coming down the end. We still had some of the covers on how many books, the amazing finales of Matt fractions, FF, mm-hmm. which we're, we're forgetting you know, it came out so long ago in this year, but those books with those kids were sensational. And the silver surfer is this brilliant, mind blowing, crazy, fun, bizarre, weird, 
amalgam of you know, it's Doctor Who-ish, mm-hmm. if there is such a word. There's, but it, it's still classic Marvel. There's anyone you want to see draw these sort of 60s iconic characters. When he brings the Defenders back in, you see Doctor <laughs> Strange and, and, and the Hulk riding in the back of a pickup truck, for goodness sakes. And bizarre moments of space, the final frontier. It's just out there in all its glory and all these amazing colors and pencils and, and nuttiness. And all of it comes down to wow, I want to watch the Silver Surfer have lobster bisque. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the small moments as well as the big. And it, I love Jack Kirby. He's my favorite artist of all time, and no one did big better than Kirby. Mike Allred in this series, putting it pretty close, <laughs> getting <laughs> it out there. Mm-hmm. So Michael and Laura Allred, if they did nothing but Silver Surfer this year, they'd be at the top of my list. Bob. All right. Wow, Steve, what do you, you have any shills? Um, I'm just going to... Hmm. I would say continued excellence deserves to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said a little a little bit about it before, but Fiona Staples and her work on, uh, and even some of her com- uh, cover art throughout the year has been absolutely spectacular whenever she's done a guest cover mm-hmm. for, you know, whichever series. But, um, you know, not only has Saga been the best that it's been since the start, but her art has just grown and just she's I know for a fact I follow her on Twitter and Instagram and all these things that she got and trained with a lot of new art programs this year and in learning them tried a couple of like the methods or exercises or whatever on the book Mm -hmm. and I think that some of the stuff that she used to create some of the newer characters and some of the newer vistas and not to mention the research that goes into the creatures in the world that she creates and not to mention the anatomy of the human body mm-hmm. um it takes an extraordinary talent to do those things and to make them appear uh as if they only exist within that space like all that happens within saga stays in saga nobody else is creating a world like that like yeah. sextillion and all these crazy that troop that the green moss woman that she's walking around <laughs> with um all the stuff with the robot heads and mm-hmm. and you know the little seal dude like it's all so creative and playful and you know we talk about like some some people their favorite thing in the entire world is star wars i'm not one of the biggest star wars fans but one of the things that i absolutely love about those especially the original movies is going into like the cantina and seeing all the different creatures and the yeah. band, not that shitty stuff that they added in later <laughs> with the, the, you know, the musical number, but um, all of that like puppeteering and just weird um, cobbled together things. And not to mention um, the people as well, Alana and Marco and the expressions on their face and the longing and the, this, the pained uh, waiting for her to come home and she disappears you know, and um, all of that stuff is felt. And I think because of the art and the story, we're now feeling that book like we ha- like like we did back mm. when it first started. Mm. There's a reason for that. And a lot of at least half of that um, would go to Fiona for her incredible art. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that it's a testament to how great her art is mm-hmm. that we barely mention the name Brian K. Vaughn whenever we talk about yes. Saga. Right, right. His name is barely mentioned. Maybe, that's probably a crime, right? That we don't talk about him more. 
Um, but her art is so amazing and her imagination is so robust and unbelievable that it dominates that book to me. Um, all of those worlds, all of those situations, they're just the, the best thing, you know? And, you know, I, I, I don't have more, much more to say than you say. I think you said it great, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to add too much to it. But that would have been my, my pitch as well. Um, everyone on this list is, is great, obviously. I mean, there, you can't really argue. Yeah, Emma Rios's work on Pretty Deadly was pretty amazing. Yes. Ha-ha. Uh, Francesco, Vancavilia, on, on obviously. On everything. On everything, but especially... You know, after like with Archie, it's just unbelievable. And obviously, Chip is Chip, but he, um, I think the way he goes about things on Sex Criminals, it's an RSL completely in contrast with the story in which it's being told. But using that sort of, you know, Bruce Tim like look that he has going on in his art, you know, it makes those characters, I think, much more lovable than they would be if it was something more realistic. You know, I think the book would be less palatable if it was sure. more realistic. And so his art, I think, really brings that book home in a way it wouldn't with another artist. And Howard the Duck is coming. It's true. Oh, oh man. But he's not drawing, he's writing it. Joe Quinones oh, is drawing it. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not so bad. Chip is a crazy man, so we'll see yes. what happens in that stuff. You'll read it. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. Best writer of 2014. Oh, my God. So. Yikes. Okay. I'm going to put. <laughs> I'm gonna, let's talk about Meth Fraction. That's the person I want to kind of put it in for here. Um. And we'll go right to sex criminals using that the phrasing I just yeah. used. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, oh. Yeah. you know, like I, we, I, mentioned, I mentioned before about seconds of the woods. These books are the, the, these books float around my my top ten, and, mm-hmm. and and while it could be number one at any time, and sex criminals is one of those books, right? Sex criminals is number one, or it's number three, or it's number two, but it's always one of the top books in my mind, and it's that book that connects many of the things that I, you know that I I love about storytelling. Um, I love bizarre situations and stories. I love when someone can take a bizarre situation and make it relatable. You know, I, I, you know, one of my the things that I dislike is when bizarre situations are put into bizarre circumstances, a, a bizarre characters, and it just layers on top of one mm-hmm. another, and you lose any kind of thread, uh, any thread there. Sex criminals, which is a story about people who can stop time when they come, is <laughs> is very easily could have sunk into that. You know, but what Fraction does so well, so well is. There are relatable characters throughout the entire piece, um, you know, characters that we follow all the time, like John and Susie, and then new characters like Robert Rainbow who comes in for an issue are extremely relatable and understandable. Even the bad guys in the story are relatable, and much like I talked about with Saga, <laughs> Seth Criminals begins in, in this this heist, right? This it's it's pedal to the metal, we're in the middle of passion, and then the second arc is what happens now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. That's a brave thing to do. It's a really, really brave thing to do. And I, I think that you don't get that in a lot of fiction at, at all. It, it's, you know, it's indie movies and some, you know, very, very good television shows will deal yeah. with, with that, those things. But most things don't deal with those moments, hmm. those quieter moments. And dealing with things like depression and addiction and, and intimacy issues and all of these things, I think, are, are, you know, are really brave and really important on top of being a hilarious and clever and always inventive series that every issue I'm not really sure what's gonna what's gonna come out of it so to me um that a lot comes from Matt Fraction it you know his personality it feels like that you know sort of the brainchild book the book that's everything about Matt Fraction is in this book everything we love about him in this book Hmm. not to mention I mean obviously very sparingly we got great issues of Hawkeye Yeah, <laughs> um, he wrapped up his Fantastic Four oh. stuff th- this year as well, and 
you know, I everything he's written this year I've liked, but you know, Sex Criminals and Hawkeye are when, when Hawkeye comes out, so one of the best books that comes out. Sex Criminals again, uh, well, I think one of the top three books of the year. So mm-hmm. that's why that's my pitch for Math yeah. Fraction and Odyssey, no less. Odyssey, just right? Absolutely, coming, yes. Odyssey, a absolutely. Crazy nutty thing. That too. book. Ugh. You read it. The right way, but that was kind of backwards. That's oh all. man, I you shouldn't have read that chart. You want to talk about <laughs> books that challenge you? It challenges me. I don't know if it challenges everybody out there. Like, oh, I could read it anytime. I can't. It's uh, it's, it's rough. I'm <laughs> on my brain. <laughs> I like it though. Um, I've already said so much for G. Willow Wilson with my Ms. Marvel uh, tirade. You want to say anything for Gail Simone? Well, I'll talk about this category in general. This is the toughest one for me because mm. I, looking at this list, these are people who, when their, uh, their books come out, they're the bottom of the pile, which means they're the last one. Right, I, read. Right. I want the best mm-hmm. impression leaving off here. Certainly, we always talk about how you shouldn't dismiss or, or overlook continuing high quality, which Scott Snyder certainly continues to do on Batman and then brought Superman back. And with witches. Superman and Chain, and then on yeah. his creator own book. Yes. Right. And so, something similar could be said, I guess, for Gail Simone and Kelly Sue DeConnick, in that here your creators have now been doing this for a while, and yet Gail's, the movement was spectacular. The way it ended, which could have been a mess, and it was not. It, as compressed as it all was, it still tugged at your heartstrings. Leaving Megalopolis was a heck of a lot of fun. Red Sonia, who I had no inkling and in ever wanted to read a Red Sonia book. Mm-hmm. And that's something else I gave to people for Christmas this year. It's like, you've <laughs> got to read this because this is not what you think it is from that crappy movie from years ago. Just don't mind the smell. And it's not right. It's not even it's not even that old comic book either. It's now something else. She is a much different character that everyone can embrace and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And now moving forward, we're going to see her doing Secret Six again. Mm-hmm. When we were asked that question of if you could put any two characters from different universes in a book, I would love, I just thought of one, I would love to see Red Sonja and Thor out on a night of the town to, go, to go in search of Grog. <laughs> and, for, and for Kelly Sudakon, Captain Marvel in space has been really special. The issue that just brought Carol back to Earth for a really touching reason, if no one's read, I have not read number it 10, uh, which was at the 100th issue of all the oh, wow. Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel issues put together. They'll, they'll finish up tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to yeah, this. Yeah, when you're listening to this. And we had the, the brilliance that was pretty deadly. And some lovely digital books. Her Superman, Lois Lane, Valentine's Day story was very, very good. And Ghost, which I lent you number four, which has mm-hmm. some of my favorite moments in comics this year. And that sort of, as I spoke about Marguerite Bennett and the spread of work, it's hard to be good in all these places. We, yeah. and you talk about a basketball player, if you're Larry Bird or Julius Irving or Michael Jordan, where you fill up the box score. Mm. Well, when you can do triple and quadruple doubles and just nail every single book you're on for an entire year, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the people that we have here, I mean, G. Willow obviously is doing the one book, yep. but a lot, uh, four out of the five, I think, are the, all those kind of writers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is why it's so tough. I mean, you know, Scott Snyder, in the craziest turn of events, ever barely got on our list, right? He was the, yeah. the last yes. person to yeah. hit our list. And, you know, for me this year, and I say this... In, Batman has had a year that is less for me than the previous two years. It's still in my top ten books, possibly in my top five books of the year. Um, 
his return to American Vampire has been great. Witches is an, a fantastic new series. Um, he, like you said, Superman mm-hmm. was great. So he is still doing amazing work. And when I look at that whole body of work, it still is one of the things where I'm like, I how do I not put him highly on, on when I rank when I do these votes? You yeah. know, because I still when I look at just you know the the list of books that he has and actually look at it i'm like i i like every single thing here yeah you know half of the wake was also this year you know so th- there is so much good stuff this year from him so it's really tough we talked a lot about g willow already you know yeah and you, you spoke about kelly sue and you spoke mm-hmm. about uh gail and I, I think you spoke about them beautifully so i think i need to add to them but these kind of lists are really really hard you know and there's so many writers too you know we get a list of five that is is an amalgamation of four people's lists you know, so you're talking about what can amount to 20 writers that have to get put down to five. So there are writers on that are not on here, you mm-hmm. know, like Jason Aaron, like Ed Brubaker, you know, Mark Wade, like Mark <laughs> Wade. Sorry about that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that aren't on here that, you know, that deserve to be recognized just as much as, as these people do. So it, this is one of the toughest lists we can possibly do. But. That's why we all have our own lists, and you, you people get to vote and put your own things we'll, onto this. We'll read those spin. in the second half as yep. well. Hmm. So, ongoing series: um, Daredevil, Ms. Marvel, Rat Queens, Saga, and Sex Criminals. Um, I mean, we've spoken a lot about a lot of these series. Yeah, <laughs> can, I, can I make a, a proposition? Yeah. yeah. Tell, explain to me why Daredevil was better this year than it was last year. Um, I don't know if it was better than it was last year. Okay. Uh, but it was at least as good, and last year it was my favorite book. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's on the list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing about Daredevil is, look, I love when things do things differently, right? I love when people take are experimenting. I love when people are turning things upside down. Those are some of my favorite things in the world. Daredevil is not that. Daredevil is Mark Wade and Chris Samney doing what, in my opinion, is the best superhero book on the market month in and month out and keeping him true to who he has always been, you know, but not leaving, not leaving out things that have happened to him. He's not, they don't just erase 30 years of history. Every single thing that's happened to him is incorporated into his character, right? He, he's, he's the, he's the fun loving guy, but he's also the guy who went through a lot of shit for a lot of his life. And the dichotomy of that playing that character in a hero, I think is wonderful, you know, because it not only deals with how Matt deals with it, but it deals how the other people in his life deal with it. Right. Cause you, we've all had friends. We've all had people who have gone through shit in their lives and you always have that fear in the back of your head that they're going to slip back into that bad part, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, with drugs or alcohol or depression or whatever it might be. And that is layered throughout this entire book, you know, um, not to mention, Obviously, gorgeous. Chris Samney is an amazing artist. He can do fun. He can do action. He can do sentimental. He can he can do subtle. He can do huge over the top. All of these things he can do beautifully, amazingly. And even the fill-in artist, Javier Rodriguez, in the two issues he did with the original Sin tie-ins, uh, were amazing. You know, the detail, beautiful. And those two stories, which deal with, you know, spousal abuse and adoption and what it means to be a parent... All of those things, they're huge ideas, but he does them in a way that doesn't feel like you're being preached to. It feels like you're getting a real organic story, and it's tough to do that. It's really tough to do extremely extreme stories like that and very layered stories like that in a pop culture medium, you know, which is why I've always loved people like Hitchcock and Spielberg, because they deal 
in a very mainstream medium, but they do very interesting things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like Mark Wade and Chris Samney are doing here. You know, they're doing a, a superhero book that has deep roots in, in in the original Marvel, you know, ethos, but they're doing it their way. It never feels stale. It never feels like a rerun. It always feels fresh. Mm-hmm. They move the character to a different city, and New York has always been a character in the Daredevil book, so moving it could have taken the rug right off underneath it, take the, and it didn't. It, it made the book, it, the book say just as good um, the Purple Man arc was was fantastic, you know. It, it's just a great, great book. Every year in year out, issue after issue, we talked about continue excellence before. Fiona Staples. That's what I feel like Daredevil mm-hmm. is. I feel like since it debuted three years ago, it's been one of, if not the best book that's been coming out. So to me, that's why it it, it belongs there. I've been holding in a sneeze <laughs> for the past like forty five seconds. No sneezing. <laughs> No sneezing. I mean, other than Rat Queens, we've, um, I feel like Stephanie would have, would have come in, uh, to talk about that. Rat Queens has been spectacular. I mean, it's yeah. had a small bump in the road, mm. but that doesn't diminish the quality that, and the, the roller coaster that that book has been throughout the year. No. And, you know, I guess cultural significance or, or, you know, spurning lots of shirts mm. and other stuff aside, mm. um, that book is so much fun. It is pure yeah. fun. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Deal, I, yeah. It deals in fantasy trappings. It deals in a lot of stuff that is very well-worn and does it in an incredibly fresh way. Mm-hmm. Takes yeah. all those D&D aspects. Mm. And it's got, it's. I mean, the first arc was called Assassin Sorcery. But yes. the, and that's what it is. That's what it's got. It's got an attitude to it that I think, I think it's attitude alone earned at its spot on this list. Because mm-hmm. it just, it's undeniable. Yeah. You can't, you can't ignore it. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Are we moving on to overall? I think so. We, we, we move on? Yeah. All right. Because I would have done some Rat Queens, but you did. So you did it so well, we don't have to go anywhere. I but guess that's so. Perfect. I just, I felt like, you know, a little, little mention for each thing. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Overall comic. Obviously, some overlap with the ongoing and some books we've talked about. Uh, Bandit, Ms. Marvel, Saga, Seconds, and Sex Criminals. A lot of S's. <laughs> The last three are all S's. <laughs> it made alphabetizing these categories very easy, though. <laughs> I just had to look for that. I'm going to talk about Bandette a little bit, because okay. this was something that Stephanie brought up to us initially when it was only digital through Monkey Brain. Mm-hmm. And it is, if, if for people old enough to remember, actually all you guys now know because it was a movie, Tintin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it has that sort of very European quality. It also reads as if it's French translated into English. It has this very odd meter to the way the words are coming out. It is fresh and funny and wonderful it is the grandest caper of all time but yet it's a it's a little girl she's a teenager who's still learning about life but she's learning it her own way and having a grand time doing it great supporting characters wonderful scenery as i'm describing this as if it's a hitchcock movie <laughs> you know it, it's to catch a thief but only yeah. it's this little girl and her adversaries her friends the urchins the police department who's sort of on her side and maybe not it's a book that I, I have the hardcover, which Dark Horse did a just wonderful, wonderful edition of with tons of DVD extras, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's a book, just as with Faith Aaron Hicks' Adventure of the Superhero Girl, it sits on the, when I go into my comic archive room, it's right on the top of the shelf, and I, n- I never fail to open it up and look at it. Mm. <laughs> now, I, I'm just picking random pages to look at, and I never fail to get a smile. In an era of some lot of heavy stuff in yeah. comic books... That there is something that is just as as the book says on the front cover, presto. 
Mm. <laughs> I'm in a better mood. Is there any? Is that on any particular schedule, or do we know when we're getting a volume two? Uh, volume two comes out in late February, early March, as I recall. It was in the last previews. Excellent. So the next hardcover, I think it is again from Dark Horse. That's I'm awesome. I'm not certain of that, but I've definitely already pre-ordered my copy. Yeah, I remember reading reading mine and rereading it, and it's it's wonderful. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it is. Um, I want to say, just as we're going into the break here, we're going to get to the point of the breaks mm-hmm. coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. There is literally, right now, in Best Web and Digital Comic, I'm just going to do this one, Sensation Comics and Injustice Gods Among Us. Injustice Gods Among Us is winning right now with 26.6% of mm-hmm. the vote. Sensation Comics is second with 26.06% oh, of the vote. A couple of more votes there for Wonder Woman, guys. Let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> you could turn the tables. Um, Remember Linda Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's coming soon. Next year, maybe it'll be Wonder Woman 77. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, all the other books, except for Bendette, we've all talked about yeah. at length here. Um, you know, Sex, uh, second Sex Criminal Saga, Ms. Marvel have all gotten their due. All fantastic mm-hmm. books. All at any time could probably be a number one on any of our lists. So I think that's going to do it for us going over the, the nominees and, and doing our deliberations. So mm-hmm. um, for the for the people listening after the fact um, on the podcast, uh, we're going to take a little break and we'll come right back with our results for the Talking Comics Awards for 2014. Right, we are back, um, and we are here to announce the winners of Talking Comics. Toast, toast to them. Bob, just you can interrupt me. I'm right in the fucking <laughs> middle of talking. Sorry. Bob, interrupt me. 2015. Cheers, I guess. Some things never change. Yeah. The yeah. bottle has changed, obviously, since the last time we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to announce the winners for Talking Comics' uh, third annual Best of Awards. Um, we voted, and Bob tabulated uh, on the break. Um, and we're going to go through the, the winners uh, uh, right now, and we'll also go through the winners um, that you guys voted for on the site. I didn't begin drinking until after I had done the math. I don't think so. I, I don't want to hear... Anybody any- watching knows that's not true, because they could see you drinking before you, before you retabulated. Yeah, but the people who are just listening didn't see that. True, but they're going to know. I watched the live stream, man. He mm. was <laughs> chowing down on that Glenfiddich. Yeah. <laughs> this is good stuff. We changed it. No Knob Creek. Glenfiddich, 18-year... It's a very small bottle. We finished it, though, obviously. It's very good. It's very, very good. You don't need warming. anything to cut this up. Yes, very no, warming. Super tasty. Um, and one of our listeners asked if this was going to turn into a drunken uh, night where we prank called Dan Slot, and that's not going to happen. But, but that's that's pretty <laughs> funny, though. It's a good. It's a funny idea. All right, so let's. Um, where are we beginning? Let's start with uh, best comic book cover, 2014. Best comic book cover. It was really close. Uh, the, we, we, the nominees one. We, we were Electra number six, Gotham Academy number one, Ms. Marvel number five, Sex Criminals number one, the fourth printing, and X Factor number three with all the kitty cats. <laughs> and continuing the tradition of the comics of the week. What? Cover, what? Yeah. <laughs> Electra number six with 15 votes and a narrow victory over Gotham Academy number one and Ms. Marvel number five, each with 
14 votes. Wow. Electra at 15 took the day. Where did all that fire go for sex criminals? I voted for it. All right. The second. No, first, actually, I think. Um, I voted for it. It's three, there's four people voting. Oh, yeah. I know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, our listeners rang in, and uh, their winners, also a close vote, but uh, Ms. Marvel number five Very w- nice. was the winner for our listeners. Um, runners-up, Sex Criminals number one was the runner-up. And Electra number six also all had close to the same amount of votes. But cool. Ms. Marvel, clear winner on that one. Um, let's do Publisher of the Year. Publisher of the Year. Any guesses? Well, it's nominees. Okay. Ar- Boom Archaea. DC, IDW, Image, and Marvel. My list, by the way, is in alphabetical order. I don't want anyone to... We're not picking favorites. They're in alphabetical order. I'm going to venture a guess and say that Image is the talking comics. What do you think? Image. (laughs) Image with 19 out of 20 possible first place votes. Wow. I wonder who was the only person who didn't vote for it, number one. Me, I voted from number two. Yeah, That's I okay. I know. I know. Uh, with IDW as number one. So yeah. in, in order, since I'm sure there will be people, there will be people out there who are interested in mm-hmm. what the order was. I'm interested. Image one, Boom Archaea number two, mm. IDW number three, Marvel number four, DC number five. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Our listeners, what did they? Pick? Our listeners, our listeners chose. Here we go. Our listeners chose Image, not even close. <laughs> uh, 58.99% of the vote. Wow. Image won. Um, Marvel came in at number two, DC at number three, uh, Boom Arcade at number four, Other at number five, and IDW came in last. Obviously, my, my impassioned plea means nothing. <laughs> nothing, I tell you. It meant something to me, Bob. Oh, that was very nice. Thank um, you. You don't mean that, but it was very nice. Anyway. <laughs> Best new series of 2014. Best wait, no, wait, no, no, best new series. I lied to you, Bob. Yeah, well, wait, we're way down the. Uh, I'm going the, by the order on the on, on the, on, the okay. on the on the site on this this poll on the site, and that was next. So let's go to um, Breakthrough Writer. Sure. Okay. I'm look. I'm easy going guy. Breakthrough Writer. We had Marguerite Bennett, Brendan Fletcher, Noel Stevenson, James Tinian or Tynan. I'm not sure which. Tinian. Is this Tinian and yeah. G. Willow Wilson? Wilson. Ah, <laughs> uh, that G. Willow Wilson. <laughs> yeah, she's you know her first great. name? <laughs> no. You, no. Gwendolyn. Oh, really? You learn something new every day. Isn't that nice? Except mm-hmm. today. <laughs> um, so our breakthrough writer also very close. G. Willow Wilson with 16, Marguerite Bennett and Brendan Fletcher each with 15. Wow. But G. Willow Wilson, our breakthrough writer for 2014. Well deserved. Um, our listeners chose G. Willow Wilson, uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, at 41.79% of the vote. Number two, Brendan Fletcher. Brendan Fletcher and James Tinian actually very close. Cool. Um, 16 and 15% of the vote um, for them uh, with Noel Stevenson and then Marguerite Bennett. Oh, man. Got some close votes. I like that. Yes. Everybody got over 10% of the vote, so no yeah. no others or anything really stood out on that one. Um, breakthrough Artist of 2014. Brooke Allen, Emily Carroll, Carl Kershaw, Robbie Rodriguez, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr. We had a unanimous vote. Really? Whoa. And matter of fact, we had a unanimous vote first and second place. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Emily Carroll with 20 was our Breakthrough Artist of the Year. Carl Kershaw, number two, with 16. Hmm. Wow. So all four on that one. So who were our listeners? Our listeners for Breakthrough Artists of 2014, Carl Kershaw won in a very, very, very close vote uh, with Cameron Stewart and Babstar. 
Wow. Um, but uh, and then Robbie Rodriguez coming in third, all of which got over twenty percent of the vote. Um, Brooke Allen and Emily Carroll uh, coming in fifth. I'm so jealous awesome. that everybody that hasn't read through the woods now gets to go out and go and read that the first time. Me as well. Oh, Me so as well. Good. Um, all right, best web or digital comic? Abominable Charles Christopher, Bandette, High Crimes, Injustice, and Sensation Comics. And the winner, The Abominable Charles Christopher. Oh, was it close? 17 to 15 over Bandette. Wow. 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 Okay. Congratulations, The Abominable Charles Christopher. Yeah, yes. seriously. Very good. Um, our listeners did not go that way. Um with uh, Injustice, Gods Among Us, year three, one, with 26.94% of the then vote. they told me I was crazy for bringing it up. <laughs> Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman came in second, oh. 26.42% of the vote. Oh! So people did vote, but they voted more we'll for Injustice. Oh. I'm going to shut up from that one. That's it. Okay, uh, you convinced me, people. Number <laughs> number three, High Crimes. Number four, Bandette. Um, and Bonnell Trotsky came in last. Hmm. So think, we, we flipped it. Think of it this way, Bob. They don't vote for it. It gives it less attention, which means it might not have the, the Ryer curse. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to prevent it. Now we're going to have that category next year. Most cursed book. <laughs> All right. So now let's do best new series. Is that in the next round? Yes, it is, right? Yeah. Yes, it wasn't the next round. It was in our next, next show. No. It was our next show. Yeah. It was the second show. So best new series of 2014. Okay. Our nominees. Deadly Class. Gotham Academy. Ms. Marvel. Sensation Comics. Wicked and the Divine. In a world. Right. Well, we're starting to get, you know, we're moving up. I'm, tr- I'm trying to build. Yes. I'm trying to build. <laughs> Ramp it up. So our vote for best new series with 18 votes was Ms. Marvel. All right. Ah. Gotham Academy at 16. Okay. So very tight. Very tight indeed. Um, best new series from our listeners. Uh, Ms. Marvel won it handily with 40%. Of the vote. Wow. Uh, coming in second was Gotham Academy with about half that percentage. Um, then Wicked in the Divine, Deadly Class, um, and then Sensation Comics. Um, all right. So let's see. What shall we do next? Let me come up with the next category on our list here. Best <laughs> miniseries of 2014. Hellboy in Hell. <laughs> I just had to do that. Sorry. That's good. No, that was great. Yeah. Multiversity, Sheltered, Star Trek, Hit Cutoff, and Winter Soldier, Bitter March. What did you say? Head cut off. Harlan Ellison, <laughs> oh my City God. on the Edge okay. of Forever. Head I, cut off. I got you. Or head cut off. <laughs> I, could, I could launch into my Annie song that I made up years ago. Your head will come off Vic Morrow, but we, we won't go there. <laughs> so the winner of best miniseries, this was a tight one. Yeah. G- guesses? Anyone guesses? I'm going to guess, ooh, I'm going to, my heart says multiversity, so that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm going to say Multiversity as well. Multiversity, 15 votes. Mom? Sheltered, 14. Oh! oh! <laughs> Hellboy in Hell and Winter Soldier, 11 each. Whoa. Oh, one. Well, two, one. technically. That was a close Multiversity. One. That was a close one. I am very happy that Sheltered uh, ranked so high. Sheltered's been number two behind I, Multiversity. So. Yeah, no, I'd, yeah. That's, I'm so satisfied with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, our listeners? Uh, our listeners chose, in a big victory, the Multiversity, with 40% of the vote. Coming in second was Winter Soldier, The Bitter March, um, followed then by Hellboy in Hell, Sheltered, and Star Trek, uh, Harlan Ellison, City on the Edge of Forever. Which got two votes. Came in last. It got almost 8% of the vote, though. <laughs> well, so no. That, that's that, pretty good. That's good. Do you want to um, say, I, I wonder, as we get in the higher categories, I'm gonna, there was a bunch of write-in votes for a lot of these categories, and a lot of it was just ones, you know, for a 
lot yeah. of stuff. Um, but I want to read for her um, best was his best new series, which we read before. Oh, sure. Um, with with Ms. Marvel one, uh, Nailbiter got three write-in votes. Awesome, that um, was a great series. And She Hulk and Velvet and Black Science all got write-in votes. Hmm. So I just wanted to acknowledge those, um, and we'll, I'll acknowledge them as as we go over some of the other ones a, a, as well. Um, so I'll, I'll read best miniseries after we do this next one, which will be best story arc of 2014. Okay. Forever Evil JLA Stargirl. Ms. Marvel, No Normal. Saga, buy him for. <laughs> She-Hulk, The Trial of Cap, and Wicked and the Divine, Faust Act. All right. Close again. Ms. Marvel, No Normal with 17 takes the prize. Saga Oof. Volume 4 at 15, and She-Hulk, Trial of Cap at 12. Very nice. Mm. Um, for our listeners, um, best story arc of 2014, uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, Volume 1, nor- No Normal, takes it um, with uh, 39% of the vote, followed by Saga Volume 4, uh, Wicked and the Divine, The Faust Act, uh, She-Hulk, and coming last was Justice League, uh, Forever Evil, Tie-In, Stargirl. Were there a lot of write-ins in this one? I'd there was. There about have to be. 8% of the vote was were write-ins. Um, Starlight got the most actually got four write-in votes hmm. which Ooh. is pretty impressive yeah. um, and uh, and uh, wait sorry this were we, just, were we just do story arc story arc sorry no that, that, sorry I'm on the wrong one sorry that was best miniseries it got four write-in ah. votes um, Starlight got it, which is really good that's for four people to put the same thing in a write-in without any mistakes is pretty impressive yeah, there was an it was an afternoon where there was a rally for it yeah i know yeah um i didn't get the, the invitation to that and uh number two for the uh the best miniseries uh batman 66 meets the green hornet was the oh. number, number two write-in um for the best miniseries but what we just did was story arc correct let me story look story arc is what we did let yep. me look at the write-ins for uh best story arc uh seven percent of the vote were write-ins uh for best story arc um they were but there was nothing to get more than one vote um I actually, I, that's true. That's not true. People just wrote different things. So <laughs> if, if we're going to look at this, it looks like Southern Bastards got about four votes and Thor got two votes. Oh. Um, for And Electra got two votes as well for a write-in. All, all series that are on the forums, people were chatting up as we were moving on to this. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Thor actually, uh, three write-in votes. Ooh. Hell yeah. So that's you know that's very good for for books to get those write in votes is it, it, is very good. Um, all right, so next up for us is going to be best graphic novel of two thousand and fourteen. Ah, okay, ah. here we go. In real life, seconds sing no evil. You should do this right. <laughs> sing no evil. <laughs> Through the woods. He's very nervous about them. He's got his like his head down. <laughs> Zatanna Black Canary blood spells. Our winner for best graphic novel. I don't know if this is. I, it's slightly an upset, mm. but maybe not. It's going to depend. Through the woods at eighteen. Wow. Yes. Seconds at fifteen. Wow. Yes. Wow. I can't be. I can't be upset about that. It's very congratulations to, um, to Through the Woods. Mm hmm. Our listeners. Um. They voted. <laughs> you just made the funniest face. I'm sorry. Um, there, Steve's laughing at my face. You can see how nice he is. Everyone who thinks yeah. he's nice, there it this, is. This is what it's really like. It was what. Forget it. Just I'm, I'm sorry. Like, Go on. You can't take that back. No, nope. can't take it back. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, our listeners are the winner is seconds with 26 percent of the vote, followed very very closely um, by Black Canary and Zatanna Bloodspell. Mm-hmm. Um, good showing too. Third place, Sing No Evil. 
Awesome. Um, fourth place through the woods um, and in real life coming in last. Um, three write-in votes for Naja um, for so Breast Graphic Novel 2014. Um, oh, you remember when I was freaking out um, when I was talking about Lumine, like two, a couple, however many weeks yeah, ago yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Ben Gall, and I was like, who is he? Who is he? It's the guy that did the artwork for Naja. I know. Okay. I said yeah. that on the show. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Glad. Most times you just didn't listen to anything I said. <laughs> um, one our, of those times oh, alright so we're at best single issue of 2014 ooh scary stuff afterlife with Archie number 6 bitch planet number 1 <laughs> you have to say that in a happy way Gotham Academy number 1 Lois Lane number 1 and Multiversity Pax Americana in a nearly unanimous vote Afterlife with Archie, number six. Wow. How many, would it 19, get 19? 19 of 20. <laughs> Guess who vote, didn't vote for it, number one? Uh, <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> right here. Gotham Academy with 15. Lois Lane, Pax Americana, 10 apiece. Mm. Um, our listeners, and in, in this, this was a come from behind, really last second kind of thing. Bitch Planet, number one. Wow. One wow. our listeners' best single issue of 2014 followed very very closely by multiversity pax americana this is one of our closest races um gotham academy number one uh superman lois lane and then afterlife with archie actually number wow. six which got the least amount of votes uh, for wow, our listener turned poll. upside down i like that um hmm. southern bastards number four got seven write-in votes awesome uh which is pretty cool uh and that's uh, that's without going through i see i, I already see two more um, that were just not written the same way. So that's nine write-in votes. Um, nine write-in votes, at least, for Southern Bastards, number four. Um, and uh, Batman 66, uh, number 14, actually got two votes. So, Was that the Two-Face issue? Uh, it may have been, but I'm not sure. No, probably not. No, that, no, was a, that was a standalone. It was a standalone. Okay. That was a standalone, yeah, absolutely. All right, so next up we have... Best writer of 2014. We have Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, Gail Simone, Scott Snyder, G. Willow Wilson. Oof. Oof. <laughs> and we have a tie. Oh, oh man. <laughs> we have a tie. Wow. Okay. And the tie is between, well, with 15 votes each, and then we, the other three were close, but mm. 15 votes apiece for Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, now. Yeah, so we talked about this in the break, um, and the people on the live stream heard it, but I wanted to hear people on the the, the podcast can hear it, people listening at home. Um, if we have a tie like this, uh, the only way for us to separate, the first way for us to separate it is to go to who had the most first place votes. So whoever, if there's four of us, if more of us voted for Kelly Sue or or Matt Fraction as our favorite, then that person would win. Um, if Beyond that, it would be second place votes and then yes. third place votes. But I don't think we're going to get to that far. But so, Bob, so you would be wrong, sir. Oh, really? Yes. They each have two first place votes. <laughs> <laughs> so it would split between the four of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that's actually, that's never happened before. And then going to the next vote, mm -hmm. they each have one three and one two. So, they're, so it's an they're absolute tied? unbreakable stalemate. Oh, my God. So maybe we have to do rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So they're all completely tied. They're completely tied. They're completely tied. There's no way we can separate them. 
Uh, As it is in real life. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, we tried, but... It's a tie. There's nothing else that we can do. But declare it a draw? A draw. <laughs> they fixed this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they told when you When you asked Kelly Sue for her top five... This is her, Bob. You're in on it. I am not. This despite is totally, my, this despite is I'm wearing a Carol Core shirt. To Nobody the show ever suspects Bob Ryer. No, it's true. I'm on to you, man. It's a fix. <laughs> the fix was in. I am so on to you. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, all right. So Kelly, c- congratulations, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction. Yes, Talking Comics Writer of the Year. <laughs> wow. You should get half a, a prize. Apparently, we'll, we'll yeah. ship it out, or you can yeah. figure it out as you go. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm happy because Matt Fraction won. I just didn't surprise it to be like that. Um, So we have uh, our winner, the listener's winner, uh, with 27% of the vote is Scott Snyder. Um, Coming in second, Matt Fraction at 20% of the vote. Now, this is is some crazy pants here. One vote separated Matt Fraction from G. Willow Wilson, who came in third, um, with other coming in fourth, fifth, Kelly Sudeconic, and last, Gail Simone. Jason Aaron got six write-in votes. Wow. wow. Rick Remender got five write-in votes. Um, by the way, the six and the five for Jason Aaron and Rick Remender, almost enough to get them on the ballot <laughs> if we were going to do something like that. Um, multiples for Ed Brubaker, Jonathan Hickman, Dan Slott, uh, and uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Um, uh, uh, and actually, it actually ends up being six for Rick Remender uh, because of some misspellings or what have you. But um, yeah, great great year for writers. Great lot of people a lot of yeah. passion writing in. So the but the the listener's winner is uh, Mr. Scott Snyder. Okay, there are some names that we would have argued about and put on our list if we were all making our tens there. Absolutely, yeah. um, best artist of two thousand and fourteen, <laughs> Michael and Laura Allred, Francesco Francavilla, May and Marios, <laughs> Fiona Staples, <laughs> and Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> and the winner is the winner is I'm going to call this one an upset. Okay. Michael and Laura Allred. Wow. Oh. 15 votes. Fiona Staples, 13. Francesco Francavilla, 12. Chip Zdarsky, 11. Emma Rios, 9. Wow. That's a tight spread. I have to tell you, Bob, you, I, I think you're the reason that won because yeah. I changed, like, they didn't go to my number one, but they changed places in my ranking. They went up a tick, so... If I'm not mistaken, I think that I, I ended up putting them up, up at the top because mm-hmm. of Bob. Right. And I I absolutely love that the Silver Surfer series, and not to mention the FF and all the yeah. other wonderful things that he's done. Um, they've they've done. Our listeners chose Fiona Staples as the best artist of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, number two coming in it was Francesco Francavilla. Um, our other had seventeen percent of the vote. Um, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Mike and all, Laura Allred, and Emma Rios coming in last. Uh, Greg Capullo got four write-in votes. Chris Samney got. Uh, Right, multiple writing votes. Jamie McKelvey got multiple writing notes. Phil Noto and Matteo Scalera all got oh. multiple writing votes. All people we brought up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of write-ins there. A lot of, of great people m- mentioned as well. And we bring up Jack Kirby. No, no Jack Kirby. Not this year. Right. He didn't have his. He didn't have his best year this year. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. Best ongoing series of 2014. Daredevil, Ms. Marvel, Rat Queens. Saga, and Sex Criminals. Four votes separated the first four places. Wow. Mm. The winner with 15 votes, Sex Criminals. Wow. 
I knew Daredevil wasn't going to win, so that was my next. Yeah. <laughs> Ms. Marvel with 14, wow. Saga with 13, Daredevil with 11. Wow. Whoa. Wow. 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 Um, our, our listeners chose Saga as the best ongoing series of 2014. Number two, Ms. Marvel. Number three, Rat Queens. Number four, Daredevil. And number five, Sex Criminals. Batman got nine write-in votes. Of course wow. he did. Um, He's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and that was also East of West, Lazarus, and the Silver Surfer all got write-in votes. Awesome. Um, got multiple write-in votes. And there was, I mean, there's a whole huge list here uh, uh, of other books that got write-ins. Someone I don't, uh, someone I don't think really understood what was going on because someone wrote in Ms. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it was nominated, so um, they could have just voted for it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the winner of Best Ongoing Series. And now we get to Best Overall Comic Ooh. of the Year. The bum, Best bum, Picture bum, Award, best picture in essence. Award. We have Bandette. Yeah, keep going. Bum, go Ms. Marvel. Bum, 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 bum. Saga. Keep going. <laughs> Seconds. And Sex Criminals. We have all those sexy S's over that beat. It's great. Can I stop? Yes, now you can stop. Now I'm going to need a drum roll up. I, I don't. If I hit the table, Bobby's uh, going to be mad yeah, at me. A close vote between our top three. I'm nervous about this one. The the winner for best overall comic of 2014, as chosen by the staff of the back up. Talking Comics podcast, is Seconds. Woo! Whoa, what? With 16. What? Yes. <laughs> wow. Ms. Marvel and Sex Criminals, 13 apiece, but Seconds takes best overall as a graphic novel. Yes. Congratulations, Seconds. That's awesome. Woo. Nice. Congratulations. Not the way I thought that was going to go. No, me neither, actually. was <laughs> a surprise. Um, best overall comic 2014 chosen by our listeners. Saga wins. Um followed closely by Ms. Marvel, Sex Criminals, Seconds, and then Bandette. Um, another eight write-in votes for Batman, uh, multiple write-in votes for Southern Bastards, Deadly Class, Death Vigil, and Justice League. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of write-in votes. Um, somebody wrote in with the ones that says, category doesn't make sense. That was a, that was a write-in vote. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that book. Yeah, me neither, me neither. I, we, we, have we, to buy we should, that should probably check it out. Um, probably from one of those publishers that didn't make it to the list. Yeah. One of my favorite things of, yes, one of my favorite things actually about, uh, the interaction that went, went on during this whole process. Um, and there was a piece of news that broke obviously when we were away was that, uh, there's one listener who was very big on, um, uh, the death vigil artist, Steven Sedgick, I think it's, yes. Uh, you say his name, who's now actually the rat queens artist. Mm-hmm. And when he got named as the rat queen artist, the only reason I really knew who he was was because of our, our listeners. And I thought that was a pretty cool thing. It was a, you know, usually it goes the other way, but that was yeah. a really cool exchange, yeah. uh, to have. That art looks good too. Yeah. It looks great. It looks, it looks really great. I'm excited for that. Um, one of our listeners, Logan Rowland is riding in the streets that daredevil didn't win best ongoing series. He's been riding oh. this entire show. Yeah, I know he's throwing toilet paper and all the eggs is what he said. My phone's <laughs> been tap dancing. Cause I see his name. Just... It's cause daredevil didn't win. Um, yeah, so that is all um, our winners uh, for 2014. We're leaving 2014 in the rearview mirror now. Uh, great, great year. Great year for the show. Uh, great year. Thank you to everyone who was a part of the show. Um, we've got big things planned uh, for, for the year to come. Um, we're going to be taking Tom Comics in new directions and I think delivering you guys some content that we haven't before. So really excited about that. Um of course, uh, make sure you guys stay tuned um, tomorrow. At, well, actually, 
Thursday and listen to the Talking Games Best of 2014 show. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be doing some very similar thing to this. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, Brian Verderosa and uh, just put up his Best of 2014 um, show for Talking Movies. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, make sure you check out Talking Valiant and the Misfits, who just did, obviously, uh, their show on Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, who was mentioned quite a few times uh, uh, on mm-hmm. on this show today? Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Talking Comics. Um, make sure you follow us personally. Um, Stephanie is at Hello Cookie. I am at Bobby Shortle. Steve, I am at Dead underscore Anchorus. And email Twitter. this guy over here, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Um, next week we'll be back with a regular show, back to the back to normal. We'll be going over a lot of the books that we we didn't talk about in these past couple of weeks. Some books that are coming out this week. Obviously, huge release this week. Star Wars number one hits the shelves mm-hmm. this week, um, which is going to be a, a Titanic release. Um, we've got trailers to talk about. We got both the Ant Man trailer and the new Age of Ultron trailer to talk about. We've got Agent Carter to talk about. We've got Image Expo to talk about. So we've got a lot to talk about um, coming up. If you guys feel so inclined. Um, go just check out our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash talking comics and, um, see what you think of it. And, and if you guys want to donate, awesome. If you don't, that's all right. Um, those of you who have donated, thank you so much. Um, huge, huge reception. Cheers to you guys. Um, the amount, you know, the amount of patrons isn't huge, but the amount that you're giving is unbelievable compared to how many people are, are, are contributing. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so, mm-hmm. so much. Um, if you guys want to give a dollar, anything else, that's that that perfectly works great. Any anything counts towards what we're trying to do. Um, we have one, we two hundred fifty dollars a month. We'll end up we're gonna start making everything a podcast. So um, all the interviews and stuff will be separated out as their own shows, so that we don't have, they're not in this feed. Um, so they get the attention they deserve. When we restart our other video shows, they'll be put as audio book club. I am restarting Comics and Coffee this Friday. No, congratulations! Um, new, new, new co-host. However, Mara's schedule is not going to work out, so uh, Nikki Alfaro is going to be joining me as my co-host. Oh, on, no uh, way! Comics and Coffee, yeah, cool. So make sure you check it out on Friday at uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We'll be on our YouTube channel um, after that, and if we hit the two fifty mark, it'll be a podcast. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Um, in the, um, we have other goals too. Obviously, more fancy goals if we get more money, but. Uh, Please check that out if you get the chance. And just thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much for all the interaction over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's been weird to be away for so long, but we're back now. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to keep on doing this. Stephanie will be back next week. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure she'll have comments for us uh, on what's down. <laughs> oh. uh, thank you guys. to Thank you all the contributors. Everyone has been writing for us. All the great guest articles we've been having. Make sure you go to talkingcomicbooks.com and check those out. Um, absolutely. Uh, they they deserve, deserve to be read and, and make sure you comment on those articles yes. if, if you have a, a reaction to them um, lots of guest top, top, guest top 10 lists and top 5 lists went up on the, the site Steve's personal top 10 list is already up uh, mine Bob and Stephanie's will be up this week so make sure you guys check those out um, and just keep uh, doing what you guys do because you guys are awesome mm-hmm. um, and that's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week for Steve be excellent to each other Bob oh, happy new year I have been Bobby Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.